Welcome, everybody, to another edition of Poker Fraud Alert Radio, the Druff and Drexel Show. I'm sorry to announce that Drexel will not be here this week. I don't know when he'll be back. I, I would say next week, but I said that last week, and then he's not here this week. So I'm not going to say next week because I don't know if it'll be next week. But uh, he was not here last week, he's not here this week, and may or may not be here next week. I will let you guys know when I have information. I have been in contact with him, and this has nothing to do with any kind of issue between us. So, in case you think we're fighting behind the scenes, or there's going to be some sort of breakup going on, there's not. And uh, if he is away from the show for an extended period of time, it has nothing to do with my personal relationship with him. So, just letting you guys know that, and I hope he will return next week, but I'm just... Uh, just Giving the heads up that it's possible he won't But I really, really hope he will And in the meantime, I've been asking for volunteer co-hosts Who are willing to step up and sit in the second host chair Replacing where Drexel once was To fill Drexel's big shoes for a week We had Jacep do it We had Seriously Serious do it a while back And this week we have someone different Another person with internet radio experience and in fact, his own current radio show on VegasPokerRadio.com, but it's not JSIP. It is China Maniac. Hello. Hey, what's happening, Drew? How you doing? Hello. So uh, you're a little bit soft. Let me see if I can turn you up. All right. A little bit soft, huh? Yeah. Let me let me see if uh, this always happens when I, I put a new person on the show. Actually, you know what? I think it may have been somewhat of my issue too. Let me see. I just had to adjust to each person's own sound. So I have to count on the chat room here to tell me if he's loud enough, or if he's too loud or too soft. And by the way, the song we played opening the show is Operator by uh, Midnight Star from 1984. It's actually a song kind of about telephones. you got to hear some uh, real telephone sound effects from 84. And a lot of you who are younger may not know this, but the Operator actually played a big role in telecommunications when you made phone calls Especially long distance phone calls Back in the 80s and before that Like nowadays, nobody calls the operator ever I, I'm surprised there's even operators still working But there actually yeah, are I can, you, Yeah, I can remember at times In the 90s, uh, early 90s Before I had a license when I was 15 I used to have to use pay phones Make collect calls, call my parents Have them pick me up at practices If I didn't have uh, you know any spare change on me But well, yeah, let me let me ask you this. Big. Let me ask you if you pulled this trick to save money. Did you make collect calls to your parents with like a code name meaning to come pick you up that they don't accept on purpose? Yes, I've done that before many times. Yeah, that's what. Uh, uh, in fact, I found a better way to do it. There were actually some operator services you could call like eight hundred numbers and get like an alternative operator service, and um, you could actually record your name. So it would say, "Hello, you have a collect call from," and then you hear my voice saying, "You know, hey, I'm at school. Pick me up." Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've done, I've done that many times. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, I think a lot of collect calls. It, it was also funny to mess with the operator. I love messing with the operator. I prank called so many operators in my day. I, I put so many really overweight women in the 70s and 80s through hell. <laughs> and when I say yeah. that, I'm not kidding. When I say really overweight women, I don't mean like 200 pounds. I mean like 300, 400. If you've ever been down to a call center, especially – one belonging to the phone company, you would not believe what what most of them look like. <laughs> I mean, it, yeah, it, 
And, and I'll tell you guys another secret. Uh, it may not be a big secret. The phone sex operators, not only weren't they the girls in the pictures, not only weren't they hot, they looked as bad as the operators did. Like, oh, I'm sure. Like, they were hideous. Never... Yeah, it's similar to online. You never know, know who you're speaking with on the other side. Yeah, yeah, but I'll tell you, it makes the girls that you'd meet online, like in chat rooms, look like beauty queens. Like, oh, yeah. the ones that were at these call centers whether it's for phone sex or operators or whatever, they were really the bottom of the barrel as far as physical attractiveness goes for women. <laughs> I mean, it was, now, how do you, now, how do you know this? Have you gone down there? Yes, or? yes. Okay. I, I've, ha- I've had some experiences, unfortunately. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, but anyway, um, we have something on our show tonight that we have to do early, and that's um, we're going to call Dave Lerman. Some of you may remember him. He was uh, a new character we introduced last year. Someone who wasn't on one of our previous shows. This is a talk show character actor. Who, who uh, And when I say that, that's really what he is. This is a guy who goes on every talk show he can find. Or pretty much anything on TV that will have him. And, and basically makes up stories. And uh, as long as the story he is making up sounds like compelling television. As long as he can sell it to the people who are casting... Uh, they don't bother to check into it because they don't even want to know if it's fake or real. In fact, sometimes they do know it's fake and assist him in drafting more, you know, a more compelling fake story. But he's been on so many different talk shows, you know, playing so many different characters, so many different parts, that they actually told him at a lot of talk shows we can't have you on anymore because people are going to recognize you from other shows. I mean, I was surprised it didn't even happen. He was on so many different shows. Uh, his name is Dave Lerman. He lives in Las Vegas, but he is not a gambler, which is kind of funny. This- I'm not- this is the guy that was on Stern, right? Yes, yes, he, uh, right. Okay. He was uh, he was on Stern. He was uh, the assistant of Doug Beatty, the guy with uh, with cerebral palsy. And okay. uh, and Doug Beatty died in the mid '90s, and then Dave was kind of left to do his own thing and, and figure out a new act. So this is what he's been doing since the mid '90s: is appearing not just on talk shows, but really anywhere on TV with some kind of gimmick. And uh, he is going to be on another show. Very soon, I don't have the exact date, maybe he can tell us, but he's going to be on the Dr. Phil show, and he's going to tell us today all about his experience with appearing on Dr. Phil. Some of you may wonder, what the hell does this have to do with poker? The answer, nothing. Uh, I guess the slightest connection you can have to poker is the the guy lives in Las Vegas and knows me. Uh, Other than that, nothing, but I, I think he has interesting stories he can bring to the table because so much on TV these days is fake. Even things that portray themselves as real, reality TV, is completely fake. And this is someone who's on the side of making this TV. And, and even when you think you're watching talk shows where people seem to you know, be having these like legitimate but wacky problems, again, it's fake. You're watching actors, and this is one of those actors. So we're going to put him on, and he's going to tell us about uh, Dr. Phil. I'm going to call him actually right now. Uh, I have to call him through some kind of, like a funny way through my cell phone. Because if I don't, it'll give away uh, how to reach him and where he lives, and I don't want to do that. He doesn't have a cell phone. So uh, I actually have to call myself first, and then I will three-way him on through my cell phone. That's what I do to uh, get him on here. And we'll put him on, and then we'll move on to the rest of the show. The reason... It says my own cell phone is not a valid phone number. Let me try that again. I love Skype. I will give you guys the phone numbers, by the way, to call in right now. Uh, the phone numbers are 775-FRAUD-55. That's 
1-800-372-8355. Make sure to show your caller ID with star 82. And if you don't want to call that number, there is one number, other number you can call. This is me calling myself, by the way. Hear that? It's my cell phone ringing. There is one other one other phone number you can call, and that is our Mount Charleston phone number. It is a little phone that rings just like the phone you just heard ring. Like a, an old 70s phone that's sitting on top of a mountain. Mount Charleston by Las Vegas that actually has snow on it right now. And uh, that phone number is 702-430-1808. That's 702-430-1808. And uh, you can call that if you don't want to call or can't get through to the 775 number. And uh, we will put on Dave Lerman right now. Hello. Hello, Dave. Welcome to Poker Fraudler Radio. How are you tonight? I'm all right. Happy belated New Year. Yeah, Happy New Year to you, too. And, uh, you know, I... I got to you right at the beginning of the show. In fact, I made sure to start the show on time so we could get to you. But I did forget to mention okay. one thing, and I don't want to forget to mention it uh, before our interview gets through because we have something happening at 740. Uh, it has nothing to do with okay. you. But uh, we have a $150 free roll tonight, 150 bucks. one of our bigger free rolls we've had. And uh, all you have to do is go to the No Fraud Online Poker Room, which you can find at the top of PokerFraudAlert.com. Totally free to enter. All you have to do to qualify for the free money is have a registered account here as of May 21st, 2012. If you don't, send me a PM to Dandruff or send an email to dandruff at pokerfraudalert.com and convince me that you've been listening to this show for a while or one of the other shows I've been part of or been a, a longtime member of the forums I've been part of and I will make an exception and let you qualify for the free money. So uh, we are paying 1st through 7th this week and 18th place. 18th place gets $10, 7th place gets $5, all the way up to 1st place getting $50. The reason we pay 18th but not 8th through 16th is because a hockey guy who donated that $10 for 18th wants it to just be for 18th place in honor of the C-Money wormhole that won 18 times and only lost once. Uh, The money donated for the free roll, this, this all came from other sources, not from me. Uh, the 150 bucks came from $10 Hockey Guy, $10 from an anonymous contributor, $30 from Smotorius, and 100 from the Watermelon Patch Wormhole. That's a different wormhole than the Sea Money Wormhole, but uh, we have a member who just uh, keeps winning every week betting sports. He calls it the Watermelon Patch Wormhole and donates $100 every week, and I believe we're going to get another 100 from him next week. So thank you very much to him for that. So uh, $150 free roll this week. Real cash money, I will send it to you on PayPal, or uh, I'll give it to you in some other way. This is real money. This isn't some lame money you get on a poker site that may or may not cash you out. This is real money that uh, you can get and spend whenever you want it. So, anyway, that's starting at 7.40 Pacific Time. If you register late, you don't get in. So, uh, that's it. Anyway... Register uh, now. Register now. Right. Thank you, Dave. So, uh, Dave, I, I'm sorry to put you through that. I just forgot to mention that before no, no. rushing hey, to call hey, you. Free money. That's You can't beat free money. That's true. So, so Dave... Uh, you recently got something free, and you also yeah. are going to be appearing on television. Why don't you tell us all about your appearance on the Dr. Phil show? All right. Well, the show is going to air uh, 
the first week in February, and uh, Todd will keep you abreast. Or if anybody wants to friend me on Facebook, it's Dave D A V E dot Lerman L E R M A N. Uh, you can check out all the details plus some incredible pictures. Now, Todd, did you actually get the pictures of my teeth? I, I did. I couldn't believe the way they looked. Okay. They, they were really, really okay. bad. Right. So, uh, interestingly enough, two days before I saw Todd uh, last time here in Las Vegas, I'd gone to a Green Day concert, a riot erupted, and knocked all the fillings out of my teeth, including my front tooth. Oh, man. Now, uh, to say I look like a, a, a carnival employee is an understatement. I mean, my teeth were in horrible shape. So, one thing that people don't realize about television talk shows, and I'm referring to everything from the People's Court and Judge Judy right up to Maury Povich and Dr. Phil. If you go on the show and your teeth aren't in what they call camera-ready shape, to keep up the ruse of the legitimacy of these shows, one of the first things that they'll always do is they'll take you in to fix your teeth because they want the viewers to identify with the people on the show. They don't want you to look like, you know, some sort of inbred redneck with, you know, uh, howdy-doody teeth. Well, is, is it so, just that, or is it also they don't want the viewer to, like, feel grossed out, like distracted that they're looking at really bad and gross right, teeth? Right, I, I think it's a combination of all those things. I never really understood it, but, um, you know, having been on, you know, over 30 different shows and having been to the dentist on, I think, seven occasions, but this time... Uh, in, in Vegas slot terms, I hit triple sevens. Uh, Dr. Phil footed the bill for $2,500 worth of dental work, and Todd can attest to the before and after pictures are miraculous. So, <laughs> uh, but I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself because that should have been the best part of the story. Um, but the fact that, as you'll see on the air, um, that Dr. Phil actually lost it, stopped taping, went on to lie to his audience, and when you see the heavily edited version, because, you know, to produce the Dr. Phil show, it takes thousands and thousands of dollars worth of crew members and everything. So let me kind of start at the beginning, and I'll take you through it. I think you'll find it very interesting. So I get a call from my friend Brad. He says uh, they want us on the Dr. Phil show, and this was on a Friday. So he says they want us on Monday. So I'm like, you know, Thing, and I, I, I'm, I'm done with this, I'm done with this. But then Brad said, they'll fix your teeth. And I'm like, okay, I'm all in. So the gimmick on the show was liars come clean. And uh, me and Brad have had a long-term disagreement where um, I had taken $5,000 supposedly as a business investment, but I ended up squandering it on hookers, booze, strippers, and drugs. So he wants me to come clean. We, we've done this. On, on several different shows, different variations of it, okay? So, uh, again, it's got all the details that the talk show loves. Uh, fast forward to that Monday morning. Limousine picks me up, and, of course, I neglected, because they always say, can you send us a current picture? Can you send us a current picture? Well, I don't want them to see the state of disarray my teeth are in. So I'm like, no, I can't, no, I can't. Limousine takes me to the airport, land in uh, Los Angeles, and they take me right to what, is referred to on the show as the Dr. Phil house. And you would think it, it's, it would be a real house. No, it's in this warehouse on Melrose and Poinsettia in the soundstage. So what you see on the show when you think people are in this actual house, it's, it's not a real house. It's just it's, it's a set. 
So the producer. Well, what, what, what's what city is this in? This uh, this set. Uh, it's, uh, it's right behind Paramount on Melrose and Poinsettia. So, so it's in, in LA? Hollywood. Okay, Hollywood, right? Yeah, and it, it's just amazing because if, if if you watch the show, they really play it off. I guess they did a, a huge episode arc where they had all these dysfunctional families living in this house. Well, the, the, the house is on a soundstage. There's not even you know working plumbing in the kitchen. So that that's all a big. The whole thing's fake. So, but you said it's on Melrose and Poinsettia. That would be like a real address, wouldn't it be? No, it's uh, it's it's in. You know where Raleigh Studios is and Par- Paramount is, and it's sort of like an industrial district. Okay, yeah, it, so, it's a total warehouse. So, so they just, it's, like, it's just a uh, warehouse in the soundstage. There's, there's residential houses. So you're saying all the people who lived at that Dr. Phil house for uh, for the show uh, really weren't living there. There's they no way they could have been living there. Because I, I found that out from the producer. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> they slept at hotels. <laughs> okay. So, so what did you do at the Dr. Phil house? Okay, well, um, the first thing is the, the woman just looks at my, my teeth and she's horrified. So she goes into complete panic mode. They, they had flown me in a day early to, to film, you know, your backstory. But that all got put on hold because she's – so what I did was I said, yeah, I was going to the airport, and my fillings just fell out this morning, you know, even though they had been out for, you know, almost a month now. Um, so next thing I know, Limousine is taking me to Beverly Hills, um, Roxbury, real high-rent district. I go in, and I'm, I'm – being treated by Seth Rogen's dentist because this dentist has, you know how like when you go to the dry cleaners, they have all the celebrities' pictures with the autographs? Yeah. This guy's got all his celebrities' clientele. He's got uh, Seth Rogen, Wayne Brady. Uh, and, I mean, it, it's a very, very posh Beverly Hills office. Now, he takes one look at my teeth, and as, as you saw, horrible shape. So he calls back to Dr. Phil people and says, you know, this is going to take several hours and a lot of money. Well, they've already invested this far. They go for it. So after about two and a half hours in the dental chair, um, limousine picks me up and takes me back to the Dr. Phil house. So, again, the backstory was, you know, that I squandered my friend's um, money on strippers and everything. So they, they filmed me throwing money in the air, making it rain, telling my story, and, you know, talking about how I'm ashamed of everything. Well, so what, hold and, on. Know, when you were throwing money run... in the air, were they, were they filming you at, like, a fake strip club, or, or were they just showing yeah, yeah, you yeah. throw it in the air? Yeah, yeah. And was no, this actually a real strip club, or were they just uh, no, fake no, that, no. too? No, we, we used the utility pole as, as, as the pole. <laughs> I mean, the, the, the levels to how fake this was, and, you know, right now, Dr. Phil... It's top of the food chain ever since Oprah left. I mean, I just, I, I never thought in my wildest imagination it would, it would just be this bogus. But all well and good. Now, with the dentist and stuff, I was supposed to have been at my hotel by 1 o'clock. Because the dentist took so long, I didn't get out filming the vignettes until close to 6. So they take me over to the hotel, Hollywood and Highland, and one of the things these talk shows always promise you is a, a daily per diem. Because I, I don't do any show where I have to spend any money out of pocket. So my per diem was going to be $75. So the woman says, no, you're going to get a $75 room service credit at the Lowe's Hotel at Hollywood and Highland. Well, Todd, you've stayed in plenty of hotels. $75 in room service credit is like $15 in real money. Yeah. It's like a cheeseburger costs like $35. Yeah, you know what? In uh, fact, in fact, when my room service bill. Yeah, in fact, I'll tell what? you this: even when I have like free money to spend in hotels, like when I get some kind of free credit, and then I can spend it right. on room service, I like I feel like I don't even want to do it because it bothers me so much. Even to spend like credits, like fake money, 
on on room service. Right. I, I just like look down and see the the hamburgers twenty one dollars and I go, man, I, I I can't even do this even though it's not my money. Well, the thing was, if you look, I think in my room service tab now, um, they gave me seventy five dollars, but I had to spend the seventy five dollars within six hours. Okay, <laughs> which is, isn't that hard. Yeah, it's easy over but there. But when I called the room service, they charged a five dollar delivery fee and an automatic fifteen percent gratuity. And I'm like, screw that. So I ended up, as you saw, as I went down to the bar and actually just took the food out to go and, and even maximized it more. But, but I, I was a, a little edged, to say the least, that every other show I've been out gives me an envelope that's anywhere from 50 to to $100 a day. You know, and you can spend it. Hell, I could have gone to McDonald's and eaten off the 99-cent menu and been fine as opposed to this whole room service fiasco. So, again, that, that day um, I, I was and, – and you could only use it – for food, you couldn't use it like in the spa. You couldn't use it in the gift store. Yeah, well, you know, it sounds I'm like a a Dr. Head. Phil is wise to. Every, I'm sure they have some kind of deal with a hotel where they uh, they don't yeah, pay seventy five dollars for it. And, and yeah, where where there's some sort of write off or something like yeah. that uh, for promotional consideration. But it just it struck me as an incredibly cheap move. So we get um, to to the studio the next day. Now they pick me up at six o'clock, and we're supposed to start taping at eight. So I couldn't even have breakfast because the room service and the restaurant didn't even open till seven. So I, I had to. It was like a frenzy thing to spend this thing. So I get to the studio, and um, they take a look at my clothes, and they bring in a tailor, give me a, a brand new Jeffrey Bean suit, tailor it. I'm, I'm looking really, really good. Now, did you get to keep this so, stuff, or does the, does the show keep it afterwards? Well, they're supposed to keep it, but as you'll see, because I got escorted out of the studio by security. Um, they were more concerned about getting me into the car in the airport than getting their clothes back. Uh, it, 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 it turned into Armageddon there at the end, which, uh, which you're about to hear. Uh, and in all my years' experience of going on these shows, never did I expect this from Dr. Phil. So the, 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 the first segment of the show, this uh, guy is confessing to his girlfriend that he's been stealing money from her to buy Oxycontin. You know, he's a, uh, he, he, he sold himself as a male prostitute uh, to, you know, feed his drug and gambling habit. I mean, I'm sitting there in the green room go, how the hell do I follow this? You know, I mean, this guy was just hardcore. Um, and we, we go out there, and right off the bat, I could just see that, that Dr. Phil is, is just kind of sort of off kilter, you know. So they play my buddy's vignette, they play my vignette, and my buddy's going into his host thing. And Dr. Phil is kind of going into autopilot mode, not really paying attention to either of us, but keeps plugging his new book that he wrote with his son. And I'm, I'm getting a little edged at this point, you know. Um, and at, we, we're right about um, to go to commercial, and he goes, we'll, we'll be right back with Brad and Steve. And I look at Dr. Phil, I go, my, my name is Dave. Who's yeah. Steve? And, oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So we shoot the second segment, and he continues to just be completely ambivalent. You know, I'm talking, selling the gimmick, Brad's talking. And then Dr. Phil just, they cut to him, and he's just like a deer in the headlights. And I literally say, and you'll see this on the show if they don't cut it out, I go, are you okay? Because honestly, <laughs> he just, he, he looked like dead behind now, What the do you think was wrong with him? Why was he uh, so shocked? He has a lot of I, people I, I, on his well, show who were... I, I, I have come to the conclusion that Dr. Phil is absolutely, positively the biggest phony on television. You know, I've heard that before. He I've heard that he's a big phony. I've actually heard that from yeah, other people. He had, an, 
Yeah, he had an earpiece, and the producer was just feeding him stuff. So we're in the infamous third segment, and as you know from watching my work, I like to turn up the heat, you know, in that third segment because, you know, that's where you pull them in. So I'm just seeing this segment as being so effing flat. I got my teeth. I didn't get any per diem money. Um, my friend was being paid the lion's share, the $1,500 appearance fee, um, and we were going to split that. And at this point, you know, until you get the check, you don't count that money as yours. So I'm just seeing this as a big wash. So I go into a full-on nervous breakdown. I am screaming. I'm like, Dr. Phil, when I go to sleep, I hope I can't wake up in the morning. I look in the mirror, and I'm ashamed of the man looking back at me. You know, I don't wish I was dead, but I just wish I was never born. And the audience is like, whoa. And I'm like, yes, I took your grandma's money. Yes, I spent it on hookers. And, and the audience is just like, whoa. And I'm talking, Todd, this was a a nervous breakdown in grand proportion. Well, I, I, okay? I, I, I can't wait to see this. I think uh, now that everybody's heard this described here, I, I think everybody will, will see the result. Now, I know they edit a lot on TV, but uh, you know we're going to see this in February, and I'll definitely keep the forum informed when this is going to be on, and okay, I'm, I'm great, looking great, forward great. to it. So, well, okay, so I'm doing this, and the audience is just, I mean, literally, and I, I'm, tears are flowing down my face. Even my friend Brad is like, whoa, where did this come from, Right. <laughs> So Dr. Phil says, um, uh, we got we got to go to the commercial. We'll be right back. So <laughs> he he puts his hand on my knee, and he goes, uh, uh, young man, um, you and your friend, can, can you come backstage with us? And me and Brad are like, what the fuck is going on now, right? Yeah. We get backstage. There are four of the largest black bodyguards I've ever seen. They surround us, right, and put us in, like, this detention room. But at the same point, there's a monitor on, um, and we're watching. So Dr. Phil comes back from the commercial. Without missing a beat, he goes, you know, uh, some of our guests uh, need a lot more specialized help than we can provide here on television. Uh, that young man right now is meeting with our director of, of resources, Anthony Haskins, and we're going to get him the help he deserves. And then he goes right into this other thing where he's like dissecting chapters of, of, of his book. Like, so there was no real conclusion to the story. So then the executive producer comes in, and literally we're surrounded by these three guys like we're terrorists. Right? And I'm feeling really uncomfortable. And she says to my friend Brad, she goes, You're an actor. We looked you up on IMDb. You're an actor. And he says, Yes, so what? My friend needs help. No, 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 we're not buying any of this. You're an actor. And then at that point, I just, and I'm realizing that my plane is going to be leaving in an hour and a half. So I said, Look, your issue is with this guy. I just poured my heart and soul out. But who do they think is the actor, you or him? You were Brad. Huh? Who do they think was the actor? Oh, they thought Brad was the actor. He is on IMDb. Oh, I and see. You would think you would think they would have Googled him before they flew me out, right? Well, I, I thought they f- figured out that you're like the talk show character actor, and they're like, oh, this guy. But no, it's well, about Brad, actually. That's what I thought. Okay? <laughs> Again, I got booked on this show because my friend Brad called me up. He says, yeah, the Dr. Phil people called me, so I figured he had worked out a deal, right? Yeah. So I'm going to get my teeth fixed. I'm going to get my per diem. 
no no questions asked because usually it's like don't ask, don't tell, right? So so wait well, a minute. So so what the chat room, hold on. The, what the chat room's asking here is if they figured uh-huh. out that Brad was an actor. The people in the chat room they say they they think the show won't air at all. You, are you sure it's going to really okay, be on uh, in February? Well, I, I I don't know. I don't know. Um, usually when they film an ending like that, uh, and they spent all they spent so much money on it, these companies are so cheap that I think they will air it in. And, and they've actually told me that they're going to air it because. Uh, as the postscript, as you you saw, the Dr. Phil people actually had uh, arranged to send me to rehab in Mississippi. So, <laughs> as far as they're concerned, I have convinced them that this was all 100 so, so, real. But are you going to go so to rehab in Mississippi? About my well-being right are you going to go there for a problem you don't have? Well, no. That's well, as, as you saw from the plane tickets and everything. The original place they were going to send me was a place called Origins in South Padre, Texas, where I could have gotten some mental help that I needed, but all of a sudden they swerved it, and they wanted to send me to this place called Jolimar in Mississippi, which is a six-bed, all-male, Christian-based um, uh, rehab facility that's really, like, hardcore. And, I mean, if I have any problems, if they're mental problems, that's, that's what I wanted to get help with, you know? Uh, and that's what I went on the show, and I actually said, you know, I get depressed, I have mood swings, all this stuff. <laughs> So, so so are you going? Um, no, are you actually I, I going to? Up, uh, re- are you going to a rehab then? No, I'm not going to go to the rehab. But I am seeing uh, here in Vegas, uh, Doctor Phil is paying for two sessions a week with a pretty prominent uh, psychiatrist here in Las Vegas. Really? And how long are you going to be seeing him on uh, Doctor Phil's dime? Uh, until it airs, because okay. I have to keep up the roost until it airs. I see. Well, okay, good. So yeah, I guess you got uh, free psychological treatment too. And, yeah, and uh, I, I, actually, it's, it's quite therapeutic. The guy's real good. He's uh, he's uh, in Summerlin in a real nice building. The guy's name is Dr. Phil Blessner. He's a real good therapist, and you know, it's it's uh, three hundred dollars worth of therapy a week on Dr. Phil's dime. Yeah. So so okay. Uh, two questions for you. Uh, first of all, sure. uh, did you, did you sign any kind of non disclosure agreement regarding the show? Um, I signed a release, but you know, as as you know, I, I don't care. You know, <laughs> let them sue me. What are that's, they true, get? that's true. That's, that's true. That's true. Dave, I won in a game show. Yeah, they're, they're not going <laughs> to get much out of Dave. That's true. And and the other question, right, I, the, the I, other question for you is: Have you heard of someone named MC Search? Yeah, I look just like him. Right, right. That was pointed out in the I chat. Get Russell Simmons, the head of Def Jam. I could be MC Search's brother. I get that all the time from third base. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, people in the chat room mentioned both these things. Well, thank you for coming on. Yeah, I, I get that and Drew Carey a lot. Yeah, that, that, I, actually, yeah, I, I, got, I got new teeth and new glasses. So, And Dr. Phil bought me a cell phone, too, yeah, a well, prepaid cell phone. I, I hope they don't uh, subpoena the chat log and, uh, and this show. To, yeah, and, you know, I, and, and I'll be honest with you, Todd, uh, and, this, and, and I, I will I, – I think, and I've done so many of these, I think every single time I do one of them, it's going to be my last one. Because I think, how am I still getting away with this? I mean, it, it doesn't, if you just Google Dave Lerman, you're going to see me on everything from the Howard Stern show to the Bill Cunningham show to Judge Jeannie Pirro to the Today Show. You know, you, you would think at some point, especially with the power of search engines and stuff, somebody would go, wait, you know, this, and at that point, you know, I'll fully go on and teach people how to get on these TV talk shows, you know, uh, and, and, and get all this free stuff. But, it's it's almost like uh, you know like uh, that Leonardo DiCaprio movie Catch Me If You Can. I, I kind of feel like um, 
uh, Frank Abernathy in that movie where he just he really wants to get caught. And, and that's the thing with me. I would love for somebody to pull the rug out from under me. But instead, like in this case, as you saw, they I sent Todd the actual itinerary where they had a limousine waiting in my parking lot to take me to rehab. Yeah, well, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's ridiculous because people watch these shows and they think they're real. Yeah, and 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 and, and pro wrestling is more authentic than these shows. Yeah, it is, and that's that's why I like having you on here. I like people seeing just how fake all the TV they're watching really is. That's why I hardly watch those type yeah, of shows. I mean, I, I mean, right down to the to the dental work. I mean, it's ridiculous. Yeah, really, really, and the like shows. Doctor Phil, this is the guy. You know, who went the day after that shooting in Sandy Hook and was, was, you know, consoling the people. This guy wouldn't pee on you if you were on fire. Yeah, I've heard that. I mean, and this is the God's honest truth. Yeah. Well, uh, Dave, so you have to get to work tonight. Uh, you want to tell right, people where to find you at work? and you have the big $150 thing, so hopefully everybody registered. Yes. Uh, keep in touch. Again, if you'd like to friend me on Facebook, it's D-A-V-E. Dot L E R M A N, and you can see all my clips and photographs. Uh, as Todd Latesto, it's pretty interesting, correct? Yes, it is. A lot of, a lot of different celebrities, especially from the 80s and 90s, you see uh, Dave with in cool. these uh, photos. All right, my friend. Take okay. care, and it was great being on the show. You're right. the best. Thank you, Dave. Bye bye. Bye. That was Dave Lerman, and uh, we had him on first because he has to go to work. He actually works at uh, Kiss Monster Mini Golf as, as the DJ there. And. Uh, um, he will, uh, he's got to be there at eight o'clock. So he had to go. So we had to have him on first and, um, you know, these, these, these shows are just even Dr. Phil, which is supposedly a more respectable show. And I say supposedly with a lot of emphasis, uh, even you, you heard how much is phony there. Even the house that they, the Dr. Phil house is just a soundstage. So, uh, yep. I, I like having people on like this to kind of, uh, Pull a curtain away. You can right. you can hear the the real story of what you're watching on TV, and this is why I don't watch much reality TV or many talk shows. I just I would find them a lot more interesting if I knew I was watching things that were real. But there is so much that's fabricated, and it it just bothers me. I'd much rather watch something that I know is fiction that's presented as fiction, and I don't have to start analyzing. Well, is this part real? Is this part fake? Like it's just it's no fun to me. So I don't watch that type of stuff. But I will be watching uh, Dave's show for sure, and I will let everybody know when he's going to be on, and uh, maybe I'll even play some clips on the show uh, when that happens. It should be in about a month, but we don't have a, an exact uh, date for that yet. So anyway, yeah. uh, I have heard of I've heard about Doctor Phil, and um, a lot of people say that yeah, he's an absolute fraud. Like whatever he portrays on TV is like nothing that he's like. It's just you know people like him, and he's good for TV. So yeah, I've heard him described as a charlatan. So. And that's, uh, I mean, he's made a ton of money, and of course, he, he benefited immensely from his association with Oprah, and that that's how he got so big. And uh, you know, he's got an act that works and and just continues with it. But the the bigger a production is, the more that's scripted, the more that they just make sure that everything is how they want it. And uh, uh, it is funny that they caught that someone was an actor there, but it was only they caught his friend. They didn't realize it was him. So, anyway, let me tell you some other things we're doing tonight here. Um, I'm going to talk about my attempt to lose 30 pounds by the World Series of Poker. My first diet in my life. It started yesterday. Oh, I'm anxious to hear updates on this one. Telemarketing scammer Jeremy Johnson 
And he also processed online poker payments, so he may have processed some of your payments that you received from uh, various poker sites, uh, either in or out. Uh, he, he was a big, big-time telemarketing scammer, scammed about $700-something million. And there's more news about him, namely his claims that the Utah Attorney General and Senator Harry Reid took bribes from him in 2010 to uh, basically get the feds off his back. So uh, we'll talk about that. There was a home game robbery. A home poker game got robbed. Now, this happened back in late November. I just heard about it now, so I figure I might as well talk about it. It's gotten very little press, but it actually resulted in a murder. Somebody got killed at a home game. So I'll talk about that, and we'll talk about, is it worth it to go to home games? And uh, what are the dangers, and is it better to just stay away? We may have a phone call with uh, Ken Scaler and or Stephanie. Uh, we will definitely be talking about the fact that we have a new all-time female tournament money champion. Kathy Liebert is no longer the number one female tournament poker player as far as uh, caches are concerned. Now someone has cashed more than Kathy Liebert lifetime. We'll talk about that. Uh, Gutshot.com, remember them? They, uh, they, they're a poker site that uh, isn't available to Americans but uh, has been scamming people and won't pay. Uh, they actually had a forum on their site. They've taken it down but does that mean Gutshot.com is down? No. You're still uh, still taking deposits. We'll talk a little bit about that. Uh, we will attempt pretty soon, because I don't want it to get too late, a prank call to a well-known poker pro over a real issue. Now, I don't typically like pranking other poker pros for a few reasons. Number one, I have to see them, and, and it's kind of awkward. Like, I, I get put at a table with someone I prank called on the radio. It's just, like, I just don't really want that. And second... Uh, I, I don't want this show really to hurt the poker community or hurt people that are big parts of the poker community unless they deserve it. Like Russ Hamilton on a previous show. We prank called him, and it resulted in Travis McCarr, who was a big part of the UB scandal, coming forward with information that uh, was pretty valuable, all thanks to that prank call we did. So I, I don't mind pranking the people who, who deserve it in poker, but it, there aren't that many who I think really deserve prank calls, that I have their phone number. But I do have the phone number of someone who's a well-known poker pro that does deserve it, and it's over a real issue involving cheating a user on our site. But I'm not going to tell you any more about it because I don't know who's listening to this, and if I don't reach him, I want to be able to do it next week without that guy being warned. So You should, you should sick Chico Loco on his ass. <laughs> yeah, it actually be Alvin Finkelstein making the call this week. And uh, if we reach the guy, you'll hear right away who he is and what the story is. If we don't reach him, you'll have to wait till next week or when we reach him. Because I, I just, it just takes one asshole to go warn the person, and I don't want right. that to happen. Uh, right. There are some imminent arrests in a Palms prostitution and drug sting. This is the Palms Hotel and Casino in Las Vegas. We actually, I believe we've called them on a previous radio show where Colonel Fabersham complained about uh, similar stuff going on at the pool there. I think it was there. Maybe it was Planet Hollywood. I don't remember anymore. But anyway, we will be calling the Palms. Again, Alvin Finkelstein. And he's going to be calling up to make his own complaint about the things he saw there. But no arrests have happened yet, but they're, quote, imminent. Uh, If you want any other topics, we will get to them, maybe, if they're good. 
You can also call in. Phone numbers once again, 775-FRAUD-55, 775-372-8355. Show your caller ID or Mount Charleston number 702-430-1808. I just want to take this moment to congratulate PLOL, a longtime user of this site, who won an event at the PCA, the Poker Stars Caribbean Adventure. He didn't win the main event, but he won an event there and is also doing well in uh, other games he's playing, from what I hear. So uh, we got to see a picture of him. So if you go to a thread uh, seeing, saying, uh, it's in uh, Flying Stupidity saying, PLOL doing fabulous in the Bahamas. And that, that's a joke because PLOL is actually, he's mostly gay. He says that he's, uh, he's a little bit straight. He, he likes girls a little bit, but he's mostly into guys. So he's a young guy, uh, mostly gay. And um, he's out about it. There's no speculation about this. But uh, he's also a, a young professional poker player, and you get to see what he looks like, in case you're ever curious about that, and won a tournament. And uh, he's actually a really nice guy. And uh, to show you what a nice guy he is, he actually bought me a gift at uh, the end of the year, j- just out of appreciation for this site. And, uh, you know, I really appreciate that, too. So, uh, and he didn't buy it. He didn't buy it for reasons you might think. With me saying that he's gay, I, I don't. I don't believe I'm his type. I think I'm like. <laughs> I think I'm like 20 years older than what he would want. But uh, right. <laughs> yeah, he's he's what I would refer to as. He's like a switch hitter, but um, he bats like 420, 430 from one side of the plate, and the other side, he you know he's only hitting about a buck eighty. <laughs> That's true. And, that's, and what that's happens? It. What happens when that's occurring is a switch hitter says, "You know what? I'm not going to bat from the other side anymore because I, I, I'm just not. Uh, I'm not hitting well from that side. I'm just going to keep that's hitting right. from. Just going to keep hitting from the side where I'm, I'm uh, getting success. That's so, right. So, so anyway, uh, congratulations though, to PLOL. Very happy to hear that he's doing well. Yeah, he's a good guy. I, I don't know him very well. Never met him, but uh, you know, as far as online goes, I, I really like the guy. Anyway, uh, yeah. so congrats nice to him. So uh, let's let's see what what topic should I go to first here. Let's just go, let's, let's just go in order. At least right now in order. I am going to be attempting to lose thirty pounds by the World Series. I weigh two hundred thirty pounds right now. A lot of that weight, unfortunately, is in my stomach. So it's not all proportionate. I wish it was, but it's not. Um, when I was a teenager, I was actually quite thin. And I was so thin, in fact, that if I did not try to maintain my weight, I would lose weight. So if I, you know, if I got sick for a little bit or if I just didn't eat as much as normal, I, I would get on the scale and I, I'd lose like five pounds. And I would get, it would really bother me. I really would like have to put effort in to make sure I ate enough to not lose weight. And uh, I didn't have an eating disorder or anything. I just, I just had to make sure that I... I constantly ate, otherwise I would lose weight. Well, those days are long over. And uh, I've been slowly gaining weight throughout my life. For many years I was at exactly 200 pounds. And it stayed the way for like 9 years between like 1999 and 2008. Uh, 2008 I was 36 years old. Uh, Starting in 2008, like the middle of the year around the World Series time, I, I started to gain weight again. And by a year later I was 210. By a year later I was 220. And by a year later, 2011, I was 230. Now, I've been 230 since then. But, um, you know, I have a two-year-old son. He's 38 and a half years younger than me. Which means I'm a lot older. I'll be an old dad 
And if I have any more children, I'll be really old dad. It's pretty much impossible now for me to have children before the age of 42. Or much before the age of 42. So uh, if I have any more children, I'll really be a lot older. So I really want to see my kids grow up. I really want to see my kids into their adult life. And I especially don't want to die for Benjamin when he's very young. You know, he's 10 years old, 8 years old. Like I, I don't want to do that to him. I want him to have his father for a large portion of his life. And I know my parents, who are both still alive and in their late 60s, uh, I'm very happy to have both of them still here, and, and hopefully both of them still here for a long time from this point. And I'm already almost 41 years old. Uh, unfortunately, by the time Benjamin's 41, I'll be about 80. But uh, I, I just looked down at my stomach, and I thought, you know, if I continue this way, if I just keep eating what I want... I just eat and drink whatever I want when I want, even though it feels good, even though I enjoy it. I'm afraid one day I'm just going to get popped by a heart attack, and my final thoughts will be, why the hell didn't I do something about this before? That that really will be my my thoughts as I'm having a heart attack. Yeah, that's that makes sense. So sure, and and this happens to men in their 40s. It doesn't happen much to women in their 40s, but men in their 40s do start getting abrupt heart attacks that kill them. I actually know of someone who didn't take drugs, you know, a very similar situation to me, that just had a heart attack, had a similar body style to me, just at age 44 had a heart attack and abruptly died. Had yeah. two ki- two young kids. So yeah. I don't want that to be me, and I decided that even though it's going to be unpleasant, as, as any kind of weight loss attempt would be, that it's time to really do it. And I started yesterday. And, and yeah, what, did, what, what did your diet look like for yesterday? Well... So, so basically, this is the plan, and I, I may have to modify it as time passes to see you know, whether this works or not. This is my plan, and if, if I can deal with it, then I'll stick to it. But there's a few things that are really important to me. Uh, number one is having like a Pepsi when I wake up. Not a diet Pepsi, but like a Pepsi or a Coke when I wake up. It's just it's something I've gotten used to for many years, and it's very hard to get unused to. So I really crave that when I wake up. And when I go to sleep, even more important, I've, I've had something to drink before I go to sleep. When I say something to drink, I don't mean alcohol. I mean, like, you know, since I was a kid, I, I would have uh, you know, milk, and then I'd start having uh, other things as I got older. I've always had some, like, high-calorie drink before I went to sleep, ever since I was a kid. Of course, when I was a kid, it didn't matter because I was thin. But now, uh, does that When you drink before you go to bed, do you ever wake up and have to go to the bathroom in the middle of the night or no? You know what? Usually not. Like if, if something else wakes me up, then yes. If, like if I wake up from separate causes, then I feel like I have to go to the bathroom before I fall back asleep. However, I don't wake up with the urgent need to piss. And so, I mean, I've just gotten used to it over the years. And uh, so that's not a problem. And, and if you're wondering, I, I, and I'll be honest about this, I've never been a bedwetter as a kid either. Right. So, uh, anyway, I, I can't give that up either. So what I've been doing before the diet is I, w- I, would, uh, I would just drink whatever I wanted throughout the day. I would, I would have soda throughout the day. I'd have a lot of orange juice throughout the day. I'd have other high-calorie beverages. And these, these are all pretty much all the same in calories, kind of like a 150 to 200 calories per 12-ounce sort of thing. And uh, um, I would have a lot of these throughout the day. And uh, that would add up. It wasn't just the Pepsi. You know, orange juice, very fattening, too. Snapple, very fattening, too. Uh, Gatorade, very fattening, too. All these things are fattening. And there are lower-calorie versions 
of this, but uh, um, the, the lower calorie versions don't taste good to me. Right, so what I decided to do is I'm just gonna I'm gonna do the the morning and night thing. The rest of the day I'm going to drink water, just plain water, zero calorie, plain water. Um, as far as eating, I'm gonna I don't want to have to have all this crappy diet stuff that I don't like. It's just going to be too much for me between giving up the drinks I like during the day and then you know, having some crappy unsatisfied meal at night. I, I just wouldn't be able to handle it. So I'm having a real meal at night that's probably you know fairly high in calories, whatever it is. But other than that, I eat very little during the day. Very, very little. For example, today, I ate one cheese stick and drank water during the day. That was it. And a few crackers. Uh, and, and that was all I had. And then I, I had some lasagna for dinner. Right. But, but that was it. And I, I think by doing that, I really am taking in much less as far as calories go as I was before. And right. I'm also going to start a, a moderate exercise plan. Uh, I wish I could exercise more, but see, uh, but here's where I think you're going to run into a problem. Yeah, I think you could you could get to your goal by the World Series of Poker, maybe doing it this way. But if you fall back off the wagon, your body's or whatever, everything's just going to revert probably back to where it currently is, where you wanted to make a change. So, I mean, the ultimate goal you should be coming to is what you want your diet to be that for the rest of your life, and try and stick with that. Well, I've thought about but, that. I've thought about that, right. And uh, um, I, I'm not sure what I'm going to do when I hit the, the weight of 200, which is the goal. Because I want to get back down to 200, which where I was in 2008. And, and I'd actually like to get to 185, but I, I'm, I'm going to try for 200 first and then see how I feel at that point before attempting for 185. Uh, but if I get to 200, then what do I do? Let's say I get to 200, I'm satisfied with 200, I don't want to try for 185. I, obviously, I can't just snap back to what I was before. It's going to rocket right back up. Um, and, and someone saying in the chat, Natural Born Hustler said, might be the worst structure I've ever heard of, completely unsustainable and inconsistent. Well, um, I, I, you know, it's different for every person. I, I can't promise that this will sustain, but um, I'm going to try it. This is some, like, you've got to tailor it to what you think you can do, to what you think is important. You can say, hey, Druff, stop having the, the Pepsi in the morning. Hey, Druff, stop having the big glass of oranges at night. You can say that to me, but but I, I I'm not going to do it. That's something that's not sustainable. What what about? Uh, I made a suggestion in the thread because I've actually cut out. I don't drink any uh, regular soda anymore. But some soda, obviously, it doesn't taste good, and you like the you like the sugary stuff, the Pepsi, whatever. But have you ever tried like diet wild cherry Pepsi? I mean, yeah, it I, almost it, tastes like the same. It almost tastes the same. You to know, me. I I hate the diet stuff. I've tried it, and secondly, I just I don't trust the diet stuff. I think in some ways it's more unhealthy than the sugar stuff. It may not be as fattening, but I think it's got its own set of problems. I, just, I, I would feel so pissed at myself if in an attempt to lose weight for health reasons. I'm not, I'm not doing this for looks. I'm doing this for health. If I don't want to do this you know, in an attempt to improve my health and then bring on other health problems I, I wouldn't have had had I not attempted this. Like that's, that's especially what I'm afraid of, make myself unhappy and bring on some other health issues. So, like, I, I really don't want to start with any of the diet stuff. I, I've just never really trusted those as far as uh, what other problems they can cause. I, I think... Now, what, some... what about coffee? I, I've never liked coffee. Okay. So, so um, you know, I, I'm going to... Uh, I'm just going to stick with the water, and I'll tell you, already two days into it, uh, it feels... I, I feel unhappy. Like, I, I don't enjoy it. 
I, 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 so much last night and it will be tonight too. I'm looking forward to that glass of orange juice at night before I go to sleep because I, I, I hate drinking water all day. But you know what? I'm going to do it. I, I'm just going to say, I, I don't like this, but I'm going to do it. I'm surviving. You know, I, I sound the same on radio right now as I, as I did last week and the week before. And, and I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to think of Benjamin and, and we think about how I have to lose weight. And then when I lose the 30 pounds, and someone's saying in the chat, two days, what a baby. Well, I started two days ago. The, the hardest part is the beginning. And that's, right. that, that, that's when you're like, shit, this is, I'm, I'm suddenly deviating from what I've done all my life. Once you get used to it, it, it should improve some. And that's what I'm counting it should, on. It should improve, but you're totally starving yourself during the day, right? Like. You're not eating like you're going to be hungry during the day, and you're going to be miserable. Well, right, and that's something I'm, I'm looking that I may modify. I may start uh, eat, then I may eat some crappy low calorie meal or something to 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 just make myself uh, get through it. Because I, I, you know, I've done this before. What I used to do is uh, I wouldn't eat much during the day, and I have like a giant meal at night, and I'd be fine. This is when I wasn't dieting, but but I would drink a lot of high calorie drinks, which would kind of like satisfy the need to eat. But I, I uh, now that I'm drinking the water, I can totally like feel the fact that I'm not eating during the day. So, uh, right. so uh, yeah. So we have a caller on. I'm sorry, caller. <laughs> You're on the air. That's okay. It's MTR. Matt the Rat. Hello. Good. Hey, um, have you ever heard of the? Uh, it's actually not so much of a diet, but more of a uh, cleanse. It's called like the lemon juice diet. I have not. I'm a little afraid to try these cleanses, to be honest. No, I, I I know. I'll just I'll just just summarize it. Like you can YouTube it and stuff. It, it's basically where you take um, a distilled water and a bunch of lemons, and then you drink like um, you know a gallon a day. But you have it with organic maple syrup and a bit of cayenne pepper, and you do that for six days, and it I've cleans heard, out heard your it cleans out your system. Now, I <laughs> me and a buddy did it. Um, actually, I've done it twice. The first time, like, I'm 6'3", and when I started it, I weighed 242. In in 10, no, in six days, I lost 16 pounds. Yeah, I bet, I bet, you, I went, I bet you got some horrible shits, too, right? This is crazy. My buddy went once. I didn't I didn't go to the washroom, well, I mean, take a shit for, until the seventh day. And yes. then, and then it was, and then it was like, <laughs> it was just normal. But, I mean, you know, the first one was pretty bad, but a lot of people, when they first do that, on the first couple of days, it cleans out your system, so you go to the bathroom a lot. So I, I'm going to have to turn this one down, I'm afraid. I, I can't. Uh, I, I can stop you right there and say I, I just can't do something like that. And uh, um, what I was going to say is, like, it cleans out your system. And so, But what I did is it shrank my stomach, and I went on in a total of six weeks to lose 52 pounds. Now, of course, I gained about 15 to 20 back within a year. But it it still kept it off, and I mean, but I mean that was like no food for six days. I mean that was brutal, and 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 the only reason I did it was because you know me and my buddy are like you know like trying to outdo each other, right? Yeah. But um, it's it's hard to lose weight, and the first few days are the hardest. That's definitely for sure. Yeah, and people are saying that you know, a lot. Of the chat room is uh, a lot of people are very critical here. The, some people in the chat room say that uh, this is never going to work. What I'm saying. Some people are saying I should uh, get diet pills. I I don't want to get any diet pills. I, I don't want to resort to any stuff like that. And and as far as whether this is a fail or not, the good thing is I, I'm not. My back's not up against the wall. If this fails, I'm not going to have an instant heart attack. So well, I'm at, least, at least you're trying. Yeah, I mean, I'm trying here. And if this is if this is a fail after a month or so, and, I, and I'm the same 230 pounds. 
then I'll say, or, or after a few months, this, it's not going anywhere. Then I'll say, all right, well, I'm making myself unhappy and I'm not losing weight, so I'll try something else. So I, I will get it done in some way. I'm going to make if if this fails, I'm not going to just give up and say, well, I'll just I'll just be fat and you know get a heart attack, whatever. Like just. You know, but if you it, eat, it may, um, like, dinner very like late at night, like, you know, past 9 o'clock and have, like, two or three plates, like, that's what I used to do, right? And I found if you just, like, eat, like, a normal portion, it doesn't even matter what it is. Like, you know, you don't have to eat salad every night. But if you eat, like, say, before 6 o'clock and you just kind of cut the portions down, like, I just have, you know, for breakfast, you know, an orange juice and a granola bar, have, like, a real late lunch, like a muffin and maybe a couple of vegetables, and then for dinner have whatever you want, but just keep the portions, you know, not till you're stuffing, you know, you're sitting there on the couch with your pants open like Al Bundy. But I'm going to be doing that too, and that's that was another one of my problems was that uh, when I would eat, I would just keep eating and eating and eating until uh, yeah. I was totally full. I just felt like I, like almost like I, I had to. Uh, it was weird. Like I shouldn't have to, but like I enjoyed it. But like I, I definitely could have stopped earlier and been fine. And that I'm doing that too. I'm not getting as big of portions, and that's another thing that I haven't mentioned. So, uh, so anyway, I, I, I'm going to move on to a different topic here. I've talked enough okay. about my Good weight loss. But th- thank you, Matt the Rat, and uh, appreciate you calling in. I appreciate the uh, gifts you've given to us uh, during the uh, World Series in the past. He's uh, he he comes out for the World Series pretty much every year, Matt the Rat, and and he's from Canada, as you can hear from his voice. And he brings uh, various Canadian delicacies, such as uh, ketchup potato chips and uh, uh, other strange stuff, and, uh, and various cookies. And uh, he brought a whole lot of stuff for uh, for me and, and for Brandon at this past World Series, and I really appreciated that. So uh, anyway, I'll give you guys updates. I won't make this a major subject every week, because I know it gets boring. But I'll give you guys updates both in the thread I created about this and on radio, how this is going. So if it fails, I'm not going to like hide about it. I'll admit I failed if you, I do fail. You, you should do a daily weight log. Just post your weight every day and see where it moves. Obviously, it's going to fluctuate, but I'll tell you, that's one thing that I did. I mean, for, for real, 408 Mike put me on a diet about <laughs> three years ago, and over the course of two years, I lost like 85 pounds. Now, I've put, some, I've put a, a lot of that back on, but that's because I veered off this diet, and the diet was perfect for me, but... I mean, if if you if you eat the right stuff and you do enough exercise, it'll just fall right off. Yeah, especially I, I, for you, where you only have thirty pounds to lose. Yeah, that's what I'm hoping. That's what I'm hoping since it's only thirty pounds. Now, now it is of course harder to lose thirty when you're not as overweight. So if I was three hundred, thirty would fall off much more easily than it does at two thirty. But uh, for sure. But uh, but still, thirty is not a, a tremendous amount to lose, and I I'm hoping that it may, may fall off faster than I expected. And then, uh, and then I can make my decision on what to do. But you know, I was kind of mad at myself two years ago at the World Series, actually two and a half years ago, the 2010 World Series. I got really sick, and uh, for a week and a half, for actually a period of like ten days, I ate three meals total, three meals wow. total, and I lost ten pounds. And I don't mean ten pounds water weight. I mean when I got better, I was ten pounds less, and I stayed ten pounds less for a full month. And then wow. because I returned to my old eating eating habits, my body just slapped the ten pounds right back. And I, I was so irritated with myself that I, I let the one good thing of being so sick, that the 10 pounds I lost, come right back. And I, I should have taken that opportunity and done it at that point. I would have had a 10-pound head, head start. But uh, Yeah. As long as you switch, yes. Yeah, I mean, if you're on a diet consistently, it'll stay off. But as soon as you veer back, your body's going to want to go back to the weight it was for a while. So yeah. we'll see what happens when you get to the 200. But it'll, it'll be fun to track. But 
I just think if you post your weight every day, it'll not motivate you more, but you'll at least be able to see exactly what's going on, and it'll give the users, um, you know, just something fun to rail every day. Yeah, I, I will be uh, posting results of this, but uh, I, I want to give an update here, not about my weight, but about something more interesting to the general public. For the first time in this show, and I say this show, I mean this episode, we're talking about poker. There is a rumor from a semi-reliable source, and when I say semi-reliable, I mean as someone who is in the know, as not just someone who pulled it out of their ass, but sometimes these people, they hear things and it's, it just ends up not being true, or they, they heard something correct at the time that doesn't end up happening. But this source is telling me that poker stars will be operating in New Jersey by the year's end, that uh, people will actually be able to play on poker stars in New Jersey by the end of 2013. Now, I believe what's meant by that is that it will be uh, only against other residents of New Jersey, not that they can play against people around the world, but that this is being accomplished because uh, PokerStars is actually buying a casino in Atlantic City that's a very troubled casino over there. And they're doing this clearly so they can get a license to operate a casino in the state of New Jersey which then should be able to enable them to get a license to run gambling within the state of New Jersey online. So it's very possible that a year from now, or you know, somewhere around there, that people in New Jersey can actually play on a special poker stars against other New Jersey residents. This may be kind of a fail site, because New Jersey, it's, it's not a super populous state. It's not a small state population-wise, but it's not big. It's not New York. It's not California. It's not Texas. So, it's but, only it's only a matter of time before they buy a casino in Vegas and do the same thing as well. Right. I'm sure that's on the, on the plans. So, uh, so that's the rumor is that uh, by the end of the year that that's PokerStars' target date here. And PokerStars is not announcing this obviously, but uh, that's what an insider has told me that he heard the plan is. This is, again, not just someone talking out of their ass. This is someone with actual knowledge of the situation. So we'll, we'll monitor that as it occurs, and I, I thank the insider who told me, and of course I always respect people's confidentiality when they want to tell me these things. I, I, I just have, I have one comment on that. Um, the only thing that stinks about that, I mean, it's a, it's a good start, but the problem is what about... Um, you know, how big is the player pool going to be? Is so that's be what I was saying. Playing? Right. It's, it, that's why I said it might be a fail site. Because if the state is not big in population, uh, there just isn't that big of a player pool. And that's why when they legalize online poker in Washington, D.C., it's gone nowhere. No one's even put a site up. Because, you know, Washington, D.C. has 600,000 people. And if only a small percentage of them log on the site, then that's going to be a fail site. You need, you need a very big pool of, of potential players to have a successful poker site especially at the medium or high limits. And uh, so could New Jersey have one? I don't know. They're like a medium-sized state in population. Uh, I think the big states could pull it off. I think like an all-California online poker room could be successful. I, I think right. an all-New York poker room could be successful, but I, I don't know about New Jersey. It's just I'm not sure if they have the, that population. But uh, it, it'll be an interesting thing to see. That's why, that's why this talk of the Nevada online poker rooms, which supposedly were going to be online a few months ago but weren't, right. uh, I think there will be some online fairly soon, but they may be real big fail sites because Nevada does not have a large population at all. It's got a small population. So even though there's higher, a higher incidence of gambling in Nevada than there is in other states, even among locals, 
I, I still don't know if they're going to have the player pool in, in a Nevada site. Yeah, so. And the worst thing about Nevada is um, the player has to go to the casino and actually sign up, join, show their ID, and that's going to eliminate a lot of donks from the outside of the state or people that just don't want to be bothered to go down and sign up. Yeah, yeah. The, the more difficult you make it for donks to play online poker, they just say, you know what, screw it. Who, who wants to go through this crap? I'll just go down and play at the casino. And that's another reason right. the online poker may not thrive in Nevada is that uh, the vast majority of the population in Nevada lives in either the greater Reno area or the greater Las Vegas area. So if you live in one of those two areas, you're close to poker rooms you can play live very easily. And you have less of a reason to play online. So, uh, um, yeah, and unlike places like Los Angeles, which are, are very large and, and sometimes hard to get around, and uh, where you can live in the greater L.A. area and still be an hour away from commerce or more, uh, in Las Vegas, nothing is too far away. Same with Reno. So I, I, I think those will be fail sites. New Jersey, I don't know, but uh, we'll see. But that's, that's an update I got. wasn't on our agenda, but uh, someone sent it to me, and uh, I wanted to mention that. Uh, I want to talk about now uh, something else about online poker, but uh, not current online poker. This is a former online poker payment processor, Jeremy Johnson, who was never charged as one. But how do I know he was an online poker payment processor? Well, we were given a lot of compelling evidence by an online poker payment processor who is going to prison, Chad Ellie, who we had on this show for about two hours on Black Friday, not not the uh, online poker Black Friday, but on, but on the Black Friday, uh, the shopping Black Friday after Thanksgiving, we had him on and had a lot of questions for him, and uh, we talked about Jeremy Johnson. Jeremy Johnson is an infamous telemarketing scammer. This guy, uh, really bad guy from what I've read. Uh, even though he did some things that make him seem like a good guy, donating to charity, donating to the uh, Haiti earthquake victims. Uh, he, he looked like a big-time philanthropist, but he was getting the money by scamming people. He, he ran a telemarketing scam that ripped people off of collectively like $760 million. So, you know, it's it's bad enough if, if you run a scam to cheat people collectively out of something like... One million dollars. But Jeremy Johnson did this uh, like times 760. Right. So... The interesting thing was, one of the things he got involved in with his company that was called iWorks was uh, allegedly online poker payment processing. And uh, he worked with Chad Ellie in processing online poker payments through the SunFirst Bank in Utah, in St. George, Utah. Uh, Jeremy Johnson has a lot of connections to Utah and, and powerful people in Utah. And uh, he got to know the Utah Attorney Generals very well. Both the former one, Mark Shirtliff, and uh, and the newer one, uh, whose name is uh, uh, let me, his name is Swallow, actually, it's, like it sounds. Uh, Shirtless and Swallow. Yeah, sh- no, Shirtliff and Swallow. <laughs> I yeah. Know. yeah, this is yeah. Okay, so this is John Swallow, <laughs> but John Swallow. And by the way, I'm not. This is not a uh, political witch hunt on my part because uh, we're going to talk about two politicians here. One, the Attorney General John Swallow, who's a Republican. And Harry Reid, the Senate Majority Leader, who's a Democrat, uh, who were involved in this whole thing. Uh, but uh, Jeremy Johnson, the 700-something million dollar telemarketing scammer, whose company was under investigation in 2010, and he eventually did get arrested in 2011. Not for the online poker payment processing, and it's, it's really curious. There's a lot of evidence 
that Jeremy Johnson was involved in online poker payment processing. And when I say evidence, I don't mean evidence like to we can believe it. I mean evidence to where he could be successfully prosecuted. For whatever reason, they are just not indicting him for this, but they indicted Chad Ellie and they indicted another guy at the bank, at the Sun First Bank, John Campos, who, who took a bribe. The one who actually allegedly bribed John Campos, who did get charged, was Jeremy Johnson. But... Uh, Getting back to the point, this is all old news. What's not old news was uh, what came out on January 11th of this year is that Jeremy Johnson is now alleging that he paid $600,000 to make an investigation into his company go away, and he paid it to Utah Attorney General John Swallow to give to Senate Majority Leader Harry Reid. Now, you could think this is a telemarketing scam where he's probably just making up lies. You know, how, how do you trust this guy? But if you read the articles that are uh, linked in the Scams, Scandals, and Shadiness forum, uh, they make a pretty good case that this bribe really existed. And that's because Jeremy Johnson actually recorded some of the meetings he had with, uh, with John Swallow. And uh, there's a lot of evidence that he presented that show that he, there's definitely something to this claim. And I think it's highly likely that he gave money to this guy Swallow to arrange this. And uh, and I think it's very possible also that Harry Reid got some of the money. Now, what happened is it was given to Swallow to give to someone else named Richard Rawl, who's now dead, by the way, who was the owner of a um, of the loan company called Check City. That was uh, you've seen Check City before, a payday loan company that was actually uh, owned by Richard Rawl. Richard Rawl had a relationship with Harry Reid, and uh, so he, he was he basically took the money to take to Harry Reid to have Reed use his influence in 2010 to have the feds get off of Jeremy Johnson's back over his scamming. Now, Jeremy Johnson did get charged anyway. This didn't work. He got arrested and charged in 2011. And then Johnson was pissed off. Like, hey, I, I bribed you guys not to get me busted. I paid 600 k I want my money back. And for whatever reason, they didn't want to give him his money back. <laughs> so uh, um, he started making threats. He's going to spill the beans on this. And uh, for quite some time, it didn't come out. But um, it, it has come out now, and I think there's a good chance that this really happened. And uh, whether Reed actually received the money, because he was at the end of the line. It's not like it's not like Jeremy Johnson met directly with Harry Reed and handed him a suitcase of money. This was like through two different third parties in between. But um, there have been allegations about Harry Reed for a very long time that this guy is super corrupt. And, and whether you're a Republican or Democrat. Uh, you can you can read. There's been so many different things said about Harry Reid, who who's actually the son of a guy who ran a whorehouse in in Searchlight, Nevada. Uh, so he doesn't exactly come from uh, a, a noble background. But uh, Harry Reid, there's been rumors about him for years, being very corrupt and taking bribes and and stuff like that. And uh, one of the articles, in fact, about Harry Reid, says uh, let me let me get to this part here. Um. This is about uh, Harry Reid and uh, and bribing him. Uh, let's see here. Yeah, now, most I, of these guys are corrupt. Yeah. So where where this go here? I want to bring something up and it disappears. I, sh- I I know I should have this just like ready here, but when I clicked on it the first time, it just like came right up. Now it's slow. Okay, here we go. The the quote about Reed was, I have a source that says Harry Reed takes bribes all the time. 
In fact, if you want anything done out of his office, you must come with a suitcase of cash just to get an audience. That's how he's gotten so rich on a senator's salary. He stashes money in an offshore bank account. I don't know if that's true, but that's what that's what a source said. And um, interestingly enough, Harry Reid's office has not commented on this, at least as of uh, the article I read. So I, I, I think it's very possible that this Richard Rawl character, who's no longer alive, uh, did show up with a suitcase of money to get Harry Reid's ear. And, and I guess maybe, remember, Harry Reid wasn't the one investigating Jeremy Johnson, so he, maybe he did try to use his influence and, and failed. And, uh, and then Jeremy Johnson got pissed and wanted his money back. So interesting story, and it, it ties back to online poker. Uh, uh, not, not only was he the head of uh, the Nevada Gaming Control Board, but um, uh, but Jeremy Johnson was processing poker payments and is, has allegedly stolen money from Chad Ellie, who we had on our show in November. And Chad Ellie claims he lost most of the massive money he made from his online poker payment processing thanks to Jeremy Johnson stealing from him, him and one other person. So um, that's the story with, uh, with that. And uh, I'm definitely going to be interested to see how this breaks out. I don't think Reed's going to get in trouble because there's really just not enough direct proof about him. Right. Uh, I'm getting in the chat room now that Reed's office finally did comment and they denied it, which is no shock. But I, I, I think there's a lot of evidence against uh, the attorney general in, in Utah. And the previous attorney general, who also had a very uh, close relationship with Johnson, I, I don't know if there's enough evidence against him, but uh, definitely this Johnson guy just uh, cozied up with the attorney generals in Utah. And... Uh, you know, he probably did so many favors for them, gave them so much money. I, I think eventually the line got blurred with them. Sure. So, so and the sure way this was, just feeding, I'm sure he was just feeding them thousands upon thousands upon thousands. Yeah, and the way this goes down, typically, like it, it isn't like Jeremy Johnson approaches the attorney general and says, "Hey, I've got this investigation. How much money will it be to make it go away?" It's like he says, "Hey, I've got this investigation against me. They were they were, they were hassling my company when we're doing nothing wrong. Can you help me?" And then the attorney general says something like, well, you know, that's going to take a lot of my time. Um, you know, I, 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 can, I can get some consultants to work on this for you, but they're, they're very expensive. Would you like me to do that? Okay, yeah, sure. How much is it going to be? And, you know, so, in fact, there's supposedly a recording of the attorney general saying, yes, I can help you, but it won't come cheap or something like that. Right. So, right. so they, they don't ever directly say it out loud of, of, yes, I'm taking money. I'm taking a bribe from you so you don't get investigated. Like, they don't say it that way. They, they say it with... Uh, implying what's really going to be happening and trying to say it in ways to where it sounds like it's legal if it ever were to be recorded or overheard. But uh, I, I think there's enough evidence against the Utah Attorney General where he really could be screwed, and uh, I'm definitely going to be interested in following this story, especially because just it's bothered me that Jeremy Johnson has skated away so free. The, it, it looks like that the people who got arrested were the ones who were just enabling online poker transactions but weren't really criminals, people like Chad Ellie. They were criminals technically by law, but not really actual criminals who cheat anyone. And and right. uh, and then people like Jeremy Johnson, who, who definitely was a criminal, I mean, maybe not to online poker players, but was definitely a, a criminal as far as uh, cheating people through his telemarketing companies and maybe stealing the money from his partners that were processing online poker payments with him, like Chad Ellie, that he got away with it and never even charged. So I, anything that happens to Jeremy Johnson, I'm, I'm happy to see. And um, if it brings down some corrupt politicians, uh, that's good, too, no matter what party they're part of. So uh, that, that was an interesting story. And if you go to PokerFuse.com, you can see another, a, a summary of it written by uh, Haley Hintz, 
who posts on our site sometimes and is a very good uh, investigative journalist for online poker and scandals involving online poker. So, uh, yeah, they do great, great work over there, so it's probably a good read. Yeah. So uh, let's move on to the, the next topic here. Um, a home poker game was robbed in November. And it was actually reported in November, and apparently nobody noticed, or nobody I know noticed. Uh, I read 2 Plus 2 regularly, I read other sites, I just I didn't see any articles about that, or any posts about that. But there was an article in the Washington Post. So let me, uh, let me get to this here, this article. Um, again, this occurred on November 21st, and uh, this was just a home game that was... In, uh, uh, I guess it was in Maryland, Montpelier, Mar- Montpelier, Maryland. I guess, not Montpelier, Vermont, which is the better known Montpelier. Uh, they assumed uh, the the people at this place. This is like an apartment. The other people in the apartments didn't know what was going on. They thought that someone was having like loud parties there all the time, but it wasn't parties. It was actually poker games. And um, one night, three masked men burst in, and somehow a guy named James Cornell, 43 years old, was killed. Wow. I don't know if he was a player. He was not the one on the lease for the apartment. Uh, I I don't know exactly what caused this guy to get killed, but um, they're not sure if he was organizing or participating in in the gambling. He was obviously doing one of the two. I'm sure he wasn't just there for fun. But... um, he wasn't the one on the lease of the apartment. And um, apparently nobody actually lived in the apartment. It was actually an apartment just there for the home games. But uh, this guy was killed by the armed robbers. I don't know if they were ever caught. I have not... did, did he put up a fight or anything like that? Or yeah, it's not was clear. there any the, information the only, on it? The only information I have is this Washington Post article. And it says, police says James T. Cornell, 43, of Ellicott City, was inside the apartment when the men came to the door at 1145. They knocked. Someone cracked the door open. The men forced their way in, fatally shooting Cornell, said Julie Parker, a Prince George County police spokeswoman. Uh, the men went to the apartment with the intention of robbing someone, Parker said. Uh, so that, that that's all they have. I just noticed it from Ellicott City. This is so strange. I, I posted one other thing on my site before about Ellicott City. I, I guess that's not a very lucky place to live. Uh, Ellicott City, Maryland is also the location where those two girls, those two like 19-year-old girls, sat on the train tracks, or sat next to the train tracks, and that train derailed just as it passed them and dumped coal all over them and killed them. Wow. That, like, how unlucky is that? that a, a train that's been going for hundreds of miles happens to derail right in front of you when you're sitting on the side of the tracks. That's like running as bad as possible. Yeah, big time. <laughs> so, so um, I mean, I, the girls were drunk, apparently, but that didn't have to do with it. They were just, like, sitting there. They didn't get in the way of the train. They didn't get hit by the train. The thing actually derailed and dumped coal on them. They were, this happened in Ellicott City. And uh, this guy is also from Ellicott City, which is not a big place. Right. But uh, I think it's crazy that, you know, I mean... Unless this guy, like, really fucked somebody over, you know, and, like, someone put a hit on him or something like that, if, like, you could, if you can put yourself inside the robber's minds, I mean, it just sounds pretty stupid to, if you're going in to, to rob a home game and, you know, and, and you kill somebody in the process. I mean, 
99 times out of 100, you go into, if you went in to rob someplace, I'd imagine people are just going to give the money up willingly, like, and then just killing somebody adds something extra to the whole thing. It's just, yeah, uh, I'm not sure. That's what I was thinking. Like, like, how do you end up getting killed when that happens? Do you, do you try to fight them, or what do you do? Like, I, I mean, guys bursting with guns at a home game, I'd be like, okay, take my money. I'm not going yeah. to fight three guys with guns there. So uh, I don't know if this guy just foolishly did that, or, or uh, they just didn't like something about him and shot him or maybe they they knew and maybe he was the one who was organizing the game and they thought maybe you know maybe they thought he would be able to identify them who knows what it was they, they, i would love to have more information about this if anybody does please post about it in the thread on flying stupidity or uh, say it in the chat room but uh you know home games have always scared me i've played in a few and here's what i've found about home games uh, first of all when you go there um, typically somebody comes down to let you in. Typically it's in like some locked apartment building. You ring up, somebody comes and gets you, uh, brings you up to it, and then lets you in. Um, now, you say, well, okay, if there's someone who's bringing people up, then what's the danger? You know, unless they put a gun to that guy's head and say, bring me up here, um, at least that guy's kind of like a gatekeeper. Well, what if the people get in on their own? What if they know where the home game is, they just have to get in the building, they just wait for someone else to come home? And, and follow them in. Then they go up there, knock on the door, they crack it open, they kick the door open, and uh, that's it. That, that's pretty much what happened there. So uh, I, I was worried about a few things when I was at these home games. Number one was that uh, someone would rob me on the way out. Uh, number two would be that it would, I'd get busted there. Or at the very least, the game would get busted and all my money would be gone. My, my chips, right. that is. that I, Money in my pocket I'd keep, but any chips I have in front of me I couldn't cash in. Right. Uh Number three, the, during a robbery, I, I could get hurt or killed, which, of course, I'd be cooperative if it happened, but who knows? Like these people bursting in, you know, if something goes wrong or they just start firing, you know, who knows? So it, it's definitely much more dangerous at a home game than it is in a place like Commerce Casino or, or, or the Bellagio or wherever you play, you know, in, in another state. I unless, I unless you meet Peter D.C. for lunch, then yeah. it could get really dangerous. Yeah. <laughs> so... Uh, what I also noticed about home games is that the players are absolutely terrible, but the rake is also absolutely terrible, so I wasn't even sure if I was a favorite to be a winner in the game. I will say the players were much, much worse at the games I was like I played like a 5-10 no limit. Right. And these were far worse players at this 5-10 no limit than I played against at uh, like a Commerce 5-10 no limit or a Bellagio 5-10 no limit. It's the day and night between the players there. There were some real donks at that table, and, and there really wasn't anyone else good at the table. And I'm not even a great no-limit player, but, uh, but, but I was compared to the lineup there. And uh, that was great, but I, they actually raked 25 bucks out of one of the hands I won. Right. They, they, they took a green chip and dropped it down. Like, what? Did they really just do That's that? That's unbelievable. How much was the pot? I, it, was, it was a fairly big pot, but I was like... You know, yeah, they, that's how they make their money there. Um, it's absolutely crazy how much they rake in some of these games. Yeah. I think uh, somebody told me there was a New York City game that he was in, and it was like twenty five fifty, and they'll rake fifty, seventy five, a hundred dollars in some pots. Yeah. It's just uh, it's crazy. So so I, I felt between the high rake, the danger, and the fear and the problem of the game getting busted and not getting paid, I just felt it wasn't worth it, especially because no matter where I am, whether it's in uh, the L.A. area or the Las Vegas area, I'm never too far from a poker game which is a lot safer and is legal. Right. And, uh, yes, 
the game may have better players than when I have these home games. They're just not worth it, though, especially between the rake and... Uh, and someone just said, uh, one step just said, who lives in New York, by the way. So there's a lot of well-organized underground games in New York and have been for a long time. Uh, he said that the most underground games, it's uh, for one, two, it's five per half hour. I mean, that's that's not bad. That's, st- that's like standard. I think that's what they charge at Foxwoods when they charge for time. Yeah, so, so may- maybe if those games... 30 minutes or yeah, something. Yeah, maybe that's better. But that's, uh, I like the time charge better in general, unless it's a really slow game than the rake. Right. Uh, in fact, I, that's the problem with commerce, is if you're playing like 4080 limit or below, right. it, it's it's a rake, and it's a very high rake, and it's just hard to beat the game, even if the game's good. Right. So uh, anyway, I, I would still stick to the to live games at organized casinos. If your only option is to play home games, then right. I mean, fine, but well, uh, beware. Another thing is a lot of people that run these home games are pretty shady, and I mean, I've heard oftentimes when you know these places are getting robbed, they're inside jobs. You know, uh, somebody's hurting for money, and you know they'll just have somebody they know come in and rob the game and. You know, it's all set up pretty easily. The person comes, they rob the game, they take your money, they leave. No one's going to call the cops because, you know, it's an illegal operation going on. So it's, you know, it's pretty easy for the people running these games to have them robbed as well and just make off with your money instead of raking it slowly. Yeah, and that's a good point. That's a good point that uh, the people running the games are obviously not uh, salt-of-the-earth fine people. These are people who are uh, looking to make money illegally. And while I don't see anything morally wrong with running a home game... uh, a lot of people who run it are on the shady side, and uh, if they want a big infusion of cash at one point, or, or they're kind of thinking of closing down the game anyway, uh, the, the final hurrah of the game may be having their friends rob it, and uh, you just never know. And then they can claim, well, okay, well, shutting this down because uh, it got robbed. You'll never know. You'll never know if they just are freaked out and don't want to run the game again, or uh, if it was their friends robbing and splitting it with them. You never know. So I, I, would, I would stay away from those home games. If you can, even if you know the people well and know that they're not going to be involved in an inside job robbery, there could be an outside job robbery, which I think comprises a lot of them, too. Sure. So in general, just uh, I would stay away. I'm going to try to make a prank call right now. Uh, What I mentioned before. Uh, This involves someone taking a website design and selling it to a certain poker player. So basically someone stole somebody else's design, sold it to a well-known poker player, and um, the person who designed the website contacted this particular well-known poker player who doesn't have a very good reputation. He has a decent reputation as a player, but not as a person. He's, he's been involved in a lot of shady things. So this particular individual uh, received this website design and refused to acknowledge the very legitimate and well-evidenced claim of the actual designer that it was stolen, and just pretty much ignored it. Just said, tough luck, you know. I think he didn't say anything. Just kind of, uh... Or he did say something. He said he, he said he talked to the guy who sold it to him, get back to him, and never did. I'm not going to name the person who is the designer, except he's a member of this site. Uh, but... I also will not name the person we're calling, but you will hear who it is if we get through. The only reason I'm not naming him is because I want to make sure that uh, if we don't get a hold of him, and I tried this number, it was a, a working number. I don't know if it's his number, because there's no voicemail. But it was a, a number well, that's... Hold on, before, before you get into this, wait a minute, there's somebody from Poker Fraud Alert 
they designed what kind of software? What did they design? They designed some kind of website. I don't have the exact okay. details, but they designed some kind of website, uh, and uh, someone stole this design. Oh, okay. And then sold it to a poker player, who then was contacted by the original designer, who said, "Hey, you know, uh, this was actually mine. The person who sold it uh, didn't have the rights to it. So, you know, can you deal with me? Can you get your money back from that person? Can you do the right thing here?" The poker player said, ah, you know, I'll, I'll ask the guy I bought it from about it, and I'll get back to you. And then just would not talk anymore to the actual designer. He just ignored him from that point. So uh, not as bad as the one who actually stole it. This is more of someone who kind of received a stolen thing. But uh, the, the guy in question here is a successful player. He has plenty of money, and he's done a lot of shady things in the past. And I think he just, you know, he didn't want to bother getting his money back from the first guy and buying it from the one who really had the rights to it. He said, fuck it, I have it already. It's just not my problem, tough luck. That, that was probably his attitude. And we're going to call him up. If we get a hold of him, you'll hear who he is right away because I'm going to ask for him under Alvin Finkelstein's voice. If I don't reach him, then we'll try this again next week. Again, I'm only not t- saying it because I don't Thanks want him to ring back tone while your party is reached. Oh, very classy ringback tone, at least. This doesn't look good, we're gonna reach him I think this guy's at the PCA, but I'm not sure Your call has been forwarded nope. to an automatic Okay, that's what I thought I thought he might be at the PCA, this guy So, uh, didn't want to shoot my load on this and have him warned before next week So, I'll say no more And we'll yeah. try next week Maybe we week. can try him back later, even we can, yeah, but I did try him earlier in the day just to see if the phone number was good, and I got the exact same thing. It could even be a different, yeah, you know, it could be someone else owns the cell phone now or something, and it's not even him, but uh, whoever this is has not answered twice, and I think there's a decent chance this person could be at the PCA. Yeah, they got they got a terrible ringtone, too. You know, I know so many people who have that ringtone. Yeah, I do, too. It's, I don't know... What's with is that like a uh, standard Verizon ringtone that everyone gets by default? It's like it's really weird. It's like yeah, I think on some maybe it's on the iPhone you can pick it or something. Uh, I'm not a hundred percent sure, but I've I've heard it a bunch of times. I'll have to check my phone later and see if it's on there. You know, I heard a complaint from Ken Scaler about this sort of thing. Uh, Ken Scaler said to me that he hates those ringtones because when he calls from payphones, if there's a regular ring, like my cell phone has a regular ring. You call it a ring just like a, a home phone would. If I'm not there, provided you hang up really fast before you get my voicemail, you get your money back at the payphone. Apparently this thing is counted as the phone answering. Right. So so Ken loses his money if the person doesn't pick up. He hates it. So, How much do you think Ken Scaler spends on payphones like uh, per month? Uh, I think he probably spends... Uh, it's a good question. Probably a few bucks a day. I mean, it's probably like a hundred bucks he spends per month, or maybe it's a- unbelievable. He should just get a prepaid cell phone. Yeah, and I've told this to him, and I've even told him that I would pay for it, but he doesn't right. want it for some reason. And I think it's because he doesn't want people to reach him. He likes having the power of reaching you and not being reached. So I, 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 he hasn't said that specifically, but that's kind of the idea I'm getting, and that's why when I offer to get him a, a prepaid cell phone or something, he doesn't want it. So anyway, does, does he still make collect calls too? Can you still make a collect call? He he doesn't collect call me. He just calls me from payphones. Right, I, but if you wanted to, could you do a collect call if you found a payphone? I mean, I, I don't even know where there is a payphone you know right what? now. But you can um, make them. But I wonder if you can collect call cell phones. I, I never found that out. 
if if there's a way to do that. There probably is, but uh, I I don't know if because it used to be with collect calls that certain numbers were just blocked from collect calls no matter what, and uh, I don't know if cell phones are. But right. uh, I have to imagine they're probably not because it's it's pretty easy to build to a cell phone. But uh, traditionally, in the past, as we talked about earlier, collect calls are really for a payphone to a home phone back in the days when nobody had cell phones. And, um, you know, uh, I used to have a way to force people to accept collect calls. It was, it was, like if there's someone I hated, I could actually make a collect call to them from a payphone and make it accept. And then they didn't get it on their bill. Oh. <laughs> and then so they, they get like the giant bill after you do this over and over. And so, uh, you know, that type of stuff doesn't exist anymore. But there were all these little loopholes in the, in the phone system back then. And, oh, for uh, sure. you know, I, I was actually part of the. 80s phone hacker community uh, as a teenager and even as before I was a teenager just like starting from like 84 uh, Were you ever caught for any of that hacking stuff like uh, local police or like anything like that or was it or did were you able to do it without leaving a trace like which with whatever you did I, I had some uh, close calls there I'll say that but uh, right. uh, yeah it it, uh, it was always actually safe safest to do it from a payphone. Uh but if you knew what you were doing, you could actually not get caught doing it from home with certain types of things. But uh, there, were, there was a whole real community to it, and and the community actually even had some females involved. Not very many, but there were actually some females involved. And in fact, uh, um, one of the girls that I had sex with earlier in my life, actually I met through the, the phone freaking community in, in, in 1990. And uh, uh, there's actually a well-known female poker player who was part of the later phone freaking community that I, I thought had died by then. I didn't think such a community existed anymore by this point. But a younger person, Genocide, was once into yeah. all this. Yeah. But uh, I, I didn't know her because I was way out of it by the time she got into it. Because she's uh, 12 years younger than me. Right. But anyway, um, we'll try this again next week. And let's, uh, let's move along in the... Uh, yeah, you, you can you play the sports center music? I actually have uh, I got an update. Oh, beautiful. Okay. All right. Um, yeah, everybody's been wondering about Brandon and where's Brandon been, but um, yeah, today I actually received a package. Had no idea what it was. Uh, I had to go down to the office building, and uh, he sent me a. A nice bottle of wine from Vienna. Hmm. So um, he and then he direct messaged me today on Skype, and um, his, he said he was leaving Vienna and he was heading to Zimbabwe to go on some type of African safari. What? But um, yeah, and he said um, he sends his best to the to the entire community, and um, hopefully he can be back soon. But he said the vacations are getting addicting, and. Um, you know, that's something that's weird that he's always said to me, um, I don't know, just that's come up in casual conversations, that he always wanted to ride an elephant on a safari. Um, and, um, yeah, he said he's on his way to Zimbabwe, or he might even be in Zimbabwe right now. So I would, I would um, love to see, I would love to hear the truth about this whole thing when he gets back, I, of where he's really been, what he's really been doing. He's, I don't know. I, 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 I know he's, uh, now, this Vienna bottle of wine you got do you right. actually have confirmation it actually came from vienna austria yeah 
Wow. Yeah, that's, that's what it said right on the package. Wow. Um, he's just, I don't know, I guess he's just doing some serious traveling. And um, I don't know, he said he's um, he's been on a pretty good heater the past year, and he wanted to start off 2013 with some um, some traveling. He did have just a good to, year gambling in 2012, I can say that. So he right. does have the money to do this. So that, right. that part is true. Uh, now, this trip was very abrupt. It was so abrupt that I was supposed to meet up with him along with my girlfriend and my son, and he was going to meet both of them for the first time, uh, on January 2nd, and actually as late as January 1st told me he would, and then all of a sudden he told me he couldn't, and then he was gone and hasn't come back since. So uh, we will find out what the story is when he comes. I mean, he's going to come back at some point, but we'll find out what the story is. He said he's going to try and take a picture of himself on an elephant, and uh, tweet it out there to everybody. I, I look forward to seeing that. And uh, now, someone said that they saw something on his Twitter account about being in Kansas City next week, and I heard something about Kansas City too. This is just so odd to me, and I really, I really don't know. I, I really am very, very confused about this whole thing. And uh, I, I hope I can get some clarity. I'm sure I will at some point. But uh, this is kind of one of yeah. the mysteries. Like, where, where in the world is Brandon Gerson in 2013? Yeah, I think, I think he's in. He's going to be in Africa for at least five days, and then I think he's traveling. Um, he mentioned something about possibly Atlantic City, but um, yeah, and then he said something about Kansas City. Um, I'm not exactly sure what he's going there for, but I just know he's out on a safari right now. Yeah, wow. So, okay, that's that's the update on Brandon, and uh, I guess we'll see when he returns. And I'm really looking forward to have him uh, return to this show. Uh I'm very glad we do have uh, substitute co-hosts that have been taking his place and, and keeping the show afloat during the time he's been gone, uh, including you, China Maniac. So, you know, thank you again for coming tonight. And, oh, no uh, problem. Anytime. So let's let's move on to the uh, the, the next topic here. Uh, I want to talk about something that happened that uh, pretty much made poker history this week. That's right, Vanessa Selbst has made poker history in 2013. She has won the 25K High Roller event at the Poker Stars Caribbean Adventure and has become the winningest female poker player of all time, passing Kathy Lieber in a much shorter time than Kathy Lieber took to get there. Uh, Vanessa Selbst has had amazing results over uh, the past few years. Uh, some people regard her right now as uh, the best no-limit tournament player out there. Uh, others think that uh, Sean Deeb might have that title. And some old-schoolers might think that Phil Helmuth has that title. But uh, she's definitely up there. Uh, she has a style that many people criticize at some point as being too spewy. That she just she is just super aggressive, always willing to get her chips in, and has chunked off her chips on various occasions where you think, what the hell is she doing? Where she has a lot of chips, just doesn't slow down, and shoots them all off. This happened, I think, in the, uh, uh, the either the 2010 or 2011 World Series. I think uh, in 2011. Just shot them all off uh, with, with a very good stack. And 
and didn't even cash or cash very little. But uh, I know this past World Series she did very well in the main event, and uh, she just seems to always be showing up on top or near the top in these tough events against good players. Right. And you'd think people would say, okay, well, you know, we know she's super aggro. Just call her down light. Wait for her to hang herself. But somehow that just doesn't work. Now, I will say, like, many tournament winners and many people who are on a tournament hot streak, she has been getting very lucky. She does seem to run very well. In this particular tournament, I think she hit three three-outers in big spots and, and had some other thing happen that allowed her to uh, get where she is. I think even the final hand was a three-outer on the river. Right. But uh, but still, you can't argue with these results. I, I think she now has like uh, she won 1.4 million in this uh, event, which by itself is huge. But yeah, it was uh, it was one of those big, big, big buy-in events. Yeah, though, it was, right? was 25 k. Yeah, but right. uh, she, I think she has like seven million or something, very close to seven million in lifetime caches. And even if you take away the money that she has uh, put in to these buy-ins, and she's played a lot of right. big buy-in events. Uh, she's still way ahead. There's no way she spent seven million and entering these things. And uh, um, yeah, you know, some people say you know such and such move was donkish. I remember seeing yeah you know, what she did in one of the world se- main events of the World Series. I thought was ridiculous, but you know the truth is she's doing extremely well. And even if she does throw away certain big opportunities to to hold on to a lot of chips, if a lot of the other times she keeps winning. She's obviously doing something right. And sometimes people think that a style is bad or, or spewy or, or wrong, but they're actually doing something right, and you just don't understand it or realize it. But uh, but she does actually... She has gotten very lucky, too. I'll say that. Yeah, I mean, I can almost compare it to somebody... I actually played a guy last week. Just This is just heads-up limit, but it's very similar. I mean, I had like 15 different notations on mistakes that I thought this guy was making. And then after playing for about 1,500 or 2,000 hands over the course of a week, I just figured out the guy was actually pretty good. And, um, you know, and he was just beating me because he was good. I thought he was spewy at first, but a lot of what he was doing, I, you know, I found to find out that it was correct. And, I mean, you know, that... Sometimes you know that happens a lot. Yeah. Um, so so, I mean, obviously she's doing something right. The you don't get the results she's been getting consistently uh, with just luck. Uh, she can right. so you can be lucky and good, and I think that's what she's been. And she has right. an interesting style that uh, has been surprisingly successful, given that there are so many good players out there who know how to adjust to over aggressive right. players to where. It started to change for a while to where it was said that the smart way to play is a conservative style because everyone will know how to adjust to you other than donks if you play too aggro. And uh, so, but not to her. For some reason, people can't adjust to her, or when they try, <laughs> she gets lucky enough to beat him anyway. So, uh, you know, Vanessa Selps, uh, very good. That's all I can say. And, and she. Yeah. Uh, amazing. Yeah, she. Uh, a few other things here. Someone just asked in the chat room, who would I rather have sex with, Vanessa Selbst or Kathy Liebert? <laughs> it's, uh, the top two all-time uh, female players. Now, I know uh, Vanessa Selbst would never want to have sex with me because she's a lesbian and looks like one. I mean, that's why I play that song, even though it's kind of reversed, not really dude looks like a lady. It's more like lady looks like a dude. She does look like a dude. I mean, you, you, you look at her without knowing, and you could actually believe she's a guy. Uh... And she acknowledges that. She acknowledges that she's uh, that she is very manly, 
and that she doesn't look like a typical girl. I've actually posted before on a previous site I was involved with a picture of her fiancé, who was then a girlfriend, who's actually you know, pretty attractive. A very you know, feminine-looking... Uh, uh, the, the, her girlfriend does not look like a lesbian. Yeah, they're completely... I think I saw that picture. They're complete, like, opposites as far as, you know, she just looks like just your regular average, like, the way, like, a, uh, you'd picture a hot straight girl or a regular straight girl to look, you know, and yeah. then... You have her with uh, short hair and, you know, just that kind of real, quote-unquote, butch look. Yeah, someone, someone asked, didn't they get married? I don't know if they did or not. Maybe they did. But uh, but anyway, uh, Vanessa Selps, uh, w- would I choose her if she was willing to have sex with me or Kathy Liebert if I had to choose one of them? I, I have to say I would choose Vanessa Selps uh, because even though she doesn't like me, from what I know, because of my association with Dustin Neverwin-Wolf, who she hates, uh, <laughs> I, kinda, I, I really got kind of... G- Grouped in by guilt by association, uh, right. but um, you know, I never had any direct problems with her. But I actually have respect for her, not just as a player, but uh, she's actually had some degree of activism against uh, cheaters in poker. She's spoken out against lock poker many times of the stuff they've done. She's she's actually uh, come out and, and said a lot of things that I think were good for poker, and calls out people and organizations that uh, that do bad things to poker. And and I have to respect that about her. And uh, and I haven't seen I, she does sometimes act improperly when she plays. She sometimes has a temper and, and goes off on people. But but other than that, I I still like her personality better than that of Kathy Liebert, who I used to like, but has gotten full of herself thanks to Twitter. Like Twitter has actually given Kathy Liebert an ego, right. and and I I just uh, I don't like her anymore. She actually has me right. blocked on Twitter. So. Uh, right. Um, yeah, someone mentioned in the chat they both hate Druff, LOL. But the funny thing is I actually, like, I can understand why Vanessa Selps doesn't like me. She just, uh, groups me in with someone she thinks is a degenerate that mouthed off to her, and, you know, I, I, so, I, I can see why she doesn't like me. But, uh, have Kathy, you seen Liebert since she blocked you on Twitter? Like, have you ever run into her at the World Series or anything like that? I saw her once or twice at the World Series, but I didn't come close enough to her, and I wasn't going to go up and create a scene or anything. I just ignored her. I, that's, that, that, that's mostly my plan with these people who, who don't like me or have some kind of issue with in poker, unless they've done something like really bad to me. If it's just some smaller thing that makes us not like each other, I, I just ignore them, as long, as long as they ignore me. That's why I was surprised when the snake in the grass came up to me when I was just sitting by myself uh, on a break at a World Series event, and actually tried to talk to me, like uh, right. they just like make small talk with me, and so I'm just like sitting here on a break, just keeping to myself, looking at my phone, and all of a sudden I hear, <laughs> I'm like, what the hell? Like, why do you want to talk to me? Why can't you just ignore me? I'll ignore you. Like, I right. I, I don't want to create trouble uh, for for people I've had these little feuds with. Or I just I just think it's best uh, everybody ignores each other. I think it's the most adult thing to do, unless it's a more serious thing. But but anyway, uh, but I, I did tell the the snake of the grass. He's like, uh, well, you're not going to say hi to me. I was like, why should I say hi to you? He said, well, you have a lot to say to me on Twitter. I said, well, I've said all I need to say. I don't, I don't have anything right. more to say to you. So right. th- that's what I said to him. Right. So uh, and someone said I should have punched him. I, I didn't need to punch him. I just I just don't want to talk to him. I'm not going to like pretend I'm his friend or pretend we're friendly after the stuff he's done. So, uh, Does he even play poker, the snake I, in the grass? I don't think so. That's so funny. I think the snake in the grass is, uh, he's just like a, a poker media person. And, okay. Uh, and I, I think he's moved on now, kind of past poker. Like, Quad Jacks is such a strange sight now about uh, stuff other than poker now. 
and not stuff other than poker like we do on Poker Frawler, where we just uh, talk about all types of stuff. They've like totally changed the direction of the site. But right. whatever. Have you seen the they they lost uh, Marco, right? Yeah, yeah. We talked about that last week. Marco okay. is a, yeah. Marco uh, has left them, and uh, I don't know even who's there anymore. No more seriously right. serious. No more Marco. And, yeah, it uh, seems like he was like the face of that site. I'm just wondering if like uh, that site's going to take a giant shit now with him gone, or you know what's going to happen. Yeah, I would uh, think so. I mean, Marco was the most valuable asset they had there. He actually has some talent. And uh, oh, by the way. Uh, the Snake in the Grass's real name is Zach Hart. That's H-A-R-T. And I found this out not through any uh, secret source, but uh, there's actually an article, I think published by Reuters, like from 2011, that actually says this, and it just never got out. So I was like, well, you know, I might as well quote the article. Any, any, any relation to Brett the Hitman Hart? I don't know. I, I, I hope, there's the, hope there's no <laughs> relation to a Hitman. Otherwise, uh, <laughs> something, may worse, something worse may happen to me on the next break. <laughs> but, uh, you know, uh, but anyway, yeah, Zach Hart, uh, the snake in the grass there. And, uh, you know, people may wonder, why do I have a problem with, with Zach from Quad Jacks? Why, why do I call him the snake in the grass? Why do I make these jokes? Why do I play that soundbite of... And in addition, why do I have the nerve to play the soundbite of... Why do I do this? Well, um... We had a porn star that was going to come on our previous radio show on another site uh, known as Young Smooth. Young Smooth was going to come on, was all ready to do it, and somebody contacted her. And the reason they contacted her is because we had mentioned on a previous show that we are going to have her the next week. Someone contacted her and just said a lot of awful stuff about us and scared her away from having anything to do with us. And we found out, I won't say how, we found out that it was him. We are like, what the hell? And then we found out that he was doing this with other people, that we were including the Iceman and other people. Now, it wasn't successful with the Iceman, but he was trying to contact anyone associated with our show, like guests that we would have on, either recurring or, or ones we said we were going to have on in the future, and talk them out of having anything to do with us, pretending to be a concerned citizen, trying to you know, tell them that we're going to make fun of them, we're going we're to ruin them, blah, blah, blah. And, and, of course, I believe the angle there was then to steer them towards his show. So yeah. I, I, that's why we call him the snake in the grass. And, I, and that's why when... The, the yeah, olive... no, let me just uh, cut you off for a second here, and then uh, I just wanted to add one more thing. This isn't the only... Um, I've heard of other incidents from people on other sites where like similar things have happened with both sponsors and with guests. Yeah, uh, yeah I have So too. it's not just an isolated incident. Right, right. Yeah, I've heard, right, since then I've heard that too. I've heard from other people that have had uh, these types of incidents. So that's, that's why I call them that. That's why I, I don't like this guy. And, uh, you know, you just don't do this. You, you have to have respect for the other sites out there and, and not just sure. try to steal what they have going on. You know, I, I don't contact their sponsors and try to steal them. I don't contact their recurring guests and talk shit about them and try to get them on this show. Like I just say, okay, you're a different show. Uh, you exist, I exist, we each do our own thing, and we don't try to hurt each other. Like, that's that's the way I I want to operate this site and this show. And uh, so that, that was our problem. And yes, this dates back to a previous show that we were part of, but, uh, you know, it still extends to today. It just because we changed sites, that doesn't mean that uh, I changed my feelings about certain people that had to do with the previous radio show. So, anyway, uh, let me uh, move on to the next topic here. Uh, let's see what that would actually be. Um, oh, gutshot.com. I won't spend a long time talking about this. 
But uh, this is called Poker Fraud Alert. I do like alerting people to scams going on in poker, online poker or live poker, that you should be aware of. Now, uh, some of these have to do with sites that are not open to U.S. players. But still, we have people who listen who are from outside the U.S., and it would be a disservice to them to know about sites like this and not mention it just because we have a lot of U.S. listeners. So uh, gutshot.com, which I've mentioned previously, I, I think you can find it in the September show I talked about it, beginning of September, but uh, they actually went down for a while. Uh, you know, the site actually went down. Uh, this got very little attention on 2 Plus 2. People tried to bring it up, but for some reason nobody wanted to talk about it over there. But the site actually went down, and uh, it looked very bad as far as anyone getting paid. But uh, it's looking worse now. Uh, right now, you know, for, for, so for and sites that were associated with Gutshot were closing, and I won't go into the whole story again. Well, they're they're a merge skin, right? Um, were they a merge skin or no? They were, yes. They were, okay. and then they moved. And they were, I think they moved to merge. There was some, something like that. Let me go back. See. I, think, I think they moved to merge, and they were down during, during some time. Uh, yeah, so uh, that's what it was. They moved to merge. But um, anyway, th- then they went down. Anyway. Doesn't mer- one question, though, like if they went down and they're not paying, doesn't merge usually um, hold player funds for most of these sites? I know some of them have exclusive deals where they have their own cashiers, but I don't know if that's the case with Gutshot. But um, go, go, go ahead. Yeah. Um, let me see here. It uh, yeah, they went from iPoker to Merge. I think they never made it over to Merge. I think that was the problem. Okay. That was that they were trying to move to Merge, and then they said that, um, and then someone at Merge said that the site was down because the uh, previous supplier of banking services, the Gutshot, had terminated their relationship, which means that uh, they couldn't get anyone to to process their their deposits, cash outs. But anyway, today I have an update though. Today, they are actually taking deposits still. That's right. From from what I'm reading. But uh, they do not pay. They nobody right. gets paid on there, and they, they're still soliciting deposits, and they're still advertising heavily. This is according to Belly Buster, who's the admin of the No Fraud Online Poker Room on this site, our little free free uh, poker room. Uh, Belly Buster is a very reliable guy, uh, has been following this, and there's a, yet another Haley Hints article about this. And you can find that in the Scam Scandals and Shadiness forum here. But, uh, yeah, they're still advertising heavily, and they're still taking deposits, but they just won't pay anybody. So just stay away from Gutshot.com, even though they had a good rep at one point. If you can play on there, don't. Even if they can take your deposits, even if they're advertising a lot, don't. Um, anyway, I uh, just wanted to mention that for anybody that uh, would possibly consider playing there. Uh, we're going to make another prank call tonight, and I'm sure we're going to reach someone on this call, because we're calling a business that is open 24-7. But I want to give you the background here. There are some arrests that are imminent in a Palms prostitution and drug sting. The Palms, which uh, has uh, several nightclubs, uh, there has been an an undercover investigation there. This is the Palms Hotel and Casino in Las Vegas. There's been an undercover investigation regarding prostitution and drugs at these nightclubs. Like a running rampant there. Uh, The Las Vegas Review-Journal says that uh, the police have revealed to them in Las Vegas that arrests are imminent in connection with this complaint 
against the parent company of the Palms because of this undercover investigation. Uh, they wouldn't give the details, but they said that uh, none of the workers there were named, uh, yeah, or sorry, none of the workers, uh, yeah, were named in the report. So it's not clear if workers will be arrested there, or if it's just people who go to the clubs that have set up shop to sell prostitution and drugs. But uh, that uh, the in a statement, the Palms management said they're concerned and disappointed about the incident mentioned in the complaint. And then tried to pass the buck by saying the clubs were only partially owned by them at the time of the incidents and that they hadn't completed their acquisition of the uh, nine group which ran these clubs until September. So they're, they're kind of saying, well, you know, we, we didn't completely own it, so it's not our fault. Uh, this is despite the fact that a letter was sent to them two years ago saying that uh, they have to stop this, that this stuff is, that they've noticed this is going on there, and that the Palms has to make an effort to stop this, and the Palms did not make an effort, apparently, because it didn't stop. Right. Uh, I, I think a lot of times these hotels do not want to bust people, because if people are going to these clubs, if it's known that you can go there for some easy drugs, easy prostitution, yeah. uh, you don't want to chase that clientele away that will spend a lot of money there. So they, sure. they really would rather that just this continues. Yeah. yeah, most people that are going to pay for the prostitution and the drugs are going to be probably sick gamblers as well. So if you take that away from them, then, yeah, you're going to lose business. And so they spend a lot they, of bo- yeah, bottle service and all that other stuff. They're, they're, they're the yeah. big spenders of the clubs there. So they, these are not sure. the people typically who come in and pay cover and, and do nothing else. So uh, arrests have not happened yet, but they're imminent. And when the police say that, that means I'm sure they're going to bust some people. So I, what I think is appropriate here, I think Alvin Finkelstein needs to call up and talk <laughs> about one of his clients that uh, was uh, solicited by a prostitute there. For and, sure. And, uh, and, and ask uh, what they have to say about it. And then say that, that he had heard about this two years ago and uh, that he felt it was safe because he knew that a, a complaint had been made to them two years ago and that uh, his client felt it was safe to go there and not be bothered by prostitutes. And I think the story we're going to have there is that uh, his client met a woman that he thought legitimately liked him and then had the mental anguish of finding out that the woman was asking for $1,000 to go back and (laughs) sleep with him at the end of the night. So uh, we're going to call up the Palms and uh, try to reach someone to complain about this. Uh, Let's see here. I gotta get the Palms phone number. And the funny thing is, with these calls, sometimes we get some lulls just in the call itself, even having nothing to do with uh, the theme of the prank call. Just gotta get the best number for the Palms here. Why is this so hard to find? Here, I got a number. Now, this is some hotel here. I can't find it. Oh, here we are. No? This is such a. Fa- I thought I just like Google this right away, but uh, don't want to call the wrong number. I should have these things ready. I really should, but uh, I thought I just like Google Palm's phone number and I'd get it. Let's see. Here, here we are. Nine four two seven 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 seven. Let's give it a call. Alvin Finkelstein calling the Palm's Casino, getting some answers here about uh, his client. Who was solicited for prostitution?
Thank you for calling the Palms. This is Janet. How may I direct your call? Um, yes, I'm, I'm calling to speak to someone about uh, the nightclubs. Uh, I had an issue here. I'm, I'm an attorney named Melvin Finkelstein. My client had an issue at one of the nightclubs involving a uh, solicitation by a prostitute. Um, who can I speak to here uh, who would be able to give me some answers? Um, <clears throat> so you had an issue with one of your clients being offered? Is that what you said? One of my clients went to one of the nightclubs here. And okay. uh, he, he was offered services by a, a prostitute and um, was very unhappy with the situation and would like to speak to someone about it. All right. Hold on. Because <clears throat> right now it's 9 o'clock at night, so you won't be able to um, speak to anybody specifically. Hold well, on. Yeah, I, was, I was thinking Three. that perhaps... I'm sorry? I was thinking that perhaps uh, we could reach someone at this time because this is more of the club time. This is when the, uh, the young people uh, like to go and get down, so to speak. Well, well, the clubs are open, but not the actual. Um, well, I think like made, HR accounting. Well, stuff I, like I don't necessarily mean HR. I, I think like a, a manage someone in a management uh, position at one of these nightclubs. I I figured if I called at two in the afternoon that I wouldn't be reaching someone at uh, at these clubs. Yeah, one moment. Among fourteen foot floor to ceiling windows, and prostitutes that can watch you through those floor to ceiling windows. City below. Oh Jesus! Take a breath of fresh air on their dramatic outdoor deck. <laughs> the bar is open seven days a week. Yeah, it sounds like it was open seven days a week. On Saturdays at one p.m. for Ghost Bar Day Club, Las Vegas's first high energy. I mean, with voiceovers like this, no wonder prostitutes are setting up shop. Sounds like a, a prostitute doing this voiceover. Decadent into light. <laughs> I think they need to change that recording. <laughs> That's a bad thing to say when you're accused of it sounds like It sounds like a slutty 900. Featuring an inviting open kitchen for gourmet bistro chefs, prepare your meal masterpiece right before your eyes. Bistro Buffet is a made-to-order, all-you-can-eat, dream-come-true. All-you-can-eat, dream-come-true. I mean, the, the, the double entrees more. are everywhere here. Comedy's lovable queen of mean makes her triumphant return to the Pearl Concert Theater oh, inside Palms Casino Resort on February 16th at 8 p.m. Heralded as an equal opportunity offender by the New York Times. An equal opportunity offender? There we go again. I mean, they, they just can't stop. Brand of raunchy, gut-busting raunchy, gut-busting. I mean, this is just... Appearing at celebrity <laughs> now I see why they got in trouble here. I mean, they, the whole recording pretty much tells you the whole story. The big screen, her comedy is unforgettable. Tickets are available at the Pearl Box Office or at Ticketmaster.com. Only at the Palms Casino Resort. Moon Where Nightclub is, is the exclusive penthouse nightclub, nightclub occupying the, nightclub. the top floor of the Palms Fantasy Tower. <laughs> Moon boasts a dramatic, surreal environment, unlike any other nightclub, with a sexy atmosphere and massive retractable roof that opens up to provide. You know, I think I'm just going to be quiet and listen to this voice for a while. Stars. Moon is open Tuesday and Thursday through Saturday at 10:30 p.m. For more information, log on to moonlv.com. Wouldn't it be disappointing to meet this girl and see she's like 400 pounds? She probably is. That's the worst part. diverse enough to include both sirloin and sashimi. And a scene so hot, it sizzled. Go ahead, please. Oh, my Hello? Hi, this is Rosa. I'm actually um, in the reservations department. Oh. From what I understand, you were looking to speak to somebody like, in, like a legal or somebody that you could... Speak to 
Um, yeah, yes, yes. Um, um, I'm actually, it's not necessarily legal. I work in the legal field, but I actually wanted to just uh, get in, in uh, contact with someone who uh, is in a management position at the nightclubs, uh, specifically the, uh, the the Moon Nightclub. Um, I'm not sure if it's this is a good time to call. I was I was thinking maybe I should call during the day, but I thought maybe the management for these clubs, which operate at night, uh, wouldn't be there. But on the other hand, uh, I, I didn't want to call up at a time like this while the club is going and have to talk over a sound like, you know, it's uh, right. I, I, and, and you know what? They actually that wouldn't be who you you'd have to speak to. You know what I mean? Like the clubs themselves, um, you'd have to speak to a different department, maybe that overseas. Um, All right. Well, let, let, me, let me tell you um, Let me tell you what, what I'm calling about, and maybe you can tell me okay, the right department to get a hold of here. Um, I, okay. I, have a, I have a client. Uh, his name is Chuck Hamilton. Uh, he went to the Moon Nightclub, and mm-hmm. uh, he met a very attractive woman. And, and I'll be honest here. You know, Ch- Chuck Hamilton is... Uh, um, my client is not the most physically attractive gentleman, and uh, he is aware of that. He's been aware of that his whole mm-hmm. life. And uh, he was very mm-hmm. happy to see that a very attractive young woman was sh- showing him a lot of attention. And he'd never had this in his life, and he thought that this was one of the most wonderful nights of his life and was very excited, uh, both both mentally and physically. Um, so here he was at the club and uh, spent a good deal of time with this woman. And, um, and then he was shocked to... Be, he was asked by this woman for the sum of one thousand dollars, and two thousand if she, he wanted quote even more to, for her to go home with him. And that was when he realized that this was actually a prostitute who was actually operating uh, out out of the Moon nightclub. And and then he read an article in the Las Vegas Review Journal very recently that uh, the Palms got a warning from the Nevada Gaming Control Board the, to curb these activities at the nightclubs and they basically ignored it and now that there's going to be arrests uh, that, that are imminent at this mm-hmm. night you know, regarding the prostitution and the drugs at these nightclubs. So he feels right. that, my, my client feels that he was kind of tricked because that he, that this woman did not identify herself as a prostitute right away, that, uh, that, oh, that she showed interest. Do you mind interest- if I place you on a brief hold for one moment? Let me see if I can get somebody that would be best to help you with this. Hold on one second. Okay? All right, yes. Box office or at Ticketmaster.com. Only at the Palm Casino Resort. Nove Italiano inside Palm's Casino Resort offers a new happy hour menu featuring happy hour menu <laughs> as well as specialty priced cocktails and wines in the bar and lounge. I think I'm gonna put on my old hope music here. Here we go. Every Tuesday and Thursday. You can see it's uh, very realistic. An upbeat atmosphere provides the perfect backdrop for guests to relax and unwind. You can see it's uh, very realistic. Italian dishes created by executive chef Gino Bernardo. Guests can quench their oh, that's unlike with anything no else out signature there. cocktails, such as the Palm Granita. Oh, it's unlike anything else out there. That combines Kettle One Orange, Palm, Palma Liqueur, They should have him uh, join here. Or enjoy that, this this is our uh, our guy describing the prostitute that uh, solicited Chuck Hamilton. This truly is the goose that laid the golden egg. Or call 
award-winning blues rock star, guitar hero, and singer-songwriter oh, Joe hero. Bonamassa will perform at the Pearl Concert Theater inside Palms Casino Resort on April 20th, 2013 at 8 p.m. The one-night-only show is in... I don't know how long I should hold before I give up. Part of me doesn't want to give up because I, I think there could be a good person that comes on. debut at number one on the Billboard Blues chart. Bonamassa tours the world regularly, and his ability to connect with live audiences is epic. Starting as a child prodigy, opening this shows truly the is the goose that laid the golden egg. BB King, Bonamassa now sells out this shows. Is like any Tickets are available at the Pearl Box Office. Tickets are available because uh, it's unlike anything else out there. If, if a woman hits on you at the Moon Nightclub, she might be a prostitute, but you believe that she's really interested in you because you can see it's uh, very realistic. Las Vegas's premier live concert theater with 2,500 stadium seats that puts you up close and personal with the hottest bands and your favorite artists. Yeah, we got to find out who the girl is in this voicemail. I'll have to make a separate call and ask about that. Luxury skyboxes. I, I really want to get a hold of this girl and find out what she looks like. Get her story. The Pearl is the ultimate concert experience. For ticket information, contact the Pearl Box. Like you know, she must be working for one of these voiceover agencies. Like everybody wants to do voiceovers. And and very few people. Forget every concert you've ever been to. You know, you've never experienced live music in Vegas like this. The Pearl is Las Vegas' premier live concert theater with 2,500 stadium seats that put you up close and personal with the hottest bands and your favorite artists. Featuring state-of-the-art acoustics, luxury skyboxes, yeah, I, This is the one problem with a live radio show. You never know how long to wait. To another world. Like they could be on here forever. Yeah, like as much as I like this woman's voice, like I kind of wish it was just like a silent hold and we could just talk about other stuff. Or visit Ticketmaster.com. Welcoming you to Palm's Place Resort is the Chic Rose. This truly is featuring the goose that laid the golden egg. casual elegance. Roho Lounge is the perfect place to enjoy. Yeah, I, I had to send one of our listeners out on a cab, by the way. Socializing in the spectacular lobby of Las Vegas's most was, uh, elegant hotel resort. Saying inappropriate Roho things in the is chat room. Daily at 2 p.m. I don't know what to do here. Like I, I feel like I feel like I'm pot committed to this phone call, but on the other hand, I kind of want to fold. from her new album Slipstream to the Pearl Concert Theater inside the Pearl Necklace Concert Theater Resort on February 22nd at 8 p.m. The Pearl Necklace Concert Theater. More than just a best-selling artist, you can give any girl there a pearl necklace. Rate has become an institution in American music. For more than four decades, she's you know, someone's saying in the chat I should talk about another topic while waiting. But music with her unique signature style, picking up many awards. I mean, it's hard to talk over this. Honors along the way. It is. Th- th- that'd be funny if they actually are like leaving us. Yeah, hello? hello. Yes. Uh, okay. Sorry about that. I was uh, trying to see who the best person for you because obviously, I mean, I'm in reservation. Yes. So there, you know, there's not much I can do on my end. Yes. Um, but I can actually, her name is Amanda, and she is, like, in our legal department. Is I she, think she would be the best person for you to speak to. Is she there right now? She's not, she's not here right oh, now. Oh, see, I, I was hoping, um, perhaps, what, what time is she in, typically? 
Um, I would say, she, you know, she's more like of a nine to five kind of schedule. Yeah. See, um, um, I, I was for some reason I, I just got I got myself um all prepared for this phone call to have a discussion with it. Well, I could call between nine and five tomorrow. I would really like to get going with this. And uh, I actually even um spoke to my uh, client while, while we were on the uh, on hold. I called him up, uh, mm-hmm. Chuck Chuck Hamilton. Uh, Chuck, um, isn't it true that this woman who was hitting on you was uh, uh, very believable, that she wasn't a prostitute but had a legitimate interest in you? You can see it's uh, very realistic. Yeah, so, right. uh, so but, yeah, yeah, I wouldn't be the person to even comment on this because, you know, I know nothing yeah. about this situation, to be honest. Yeah, um, I mean, he's, I mean he, he really had never had such an experience before. Isn't that true, Chuck? This was like a unique experience for you? Uh, it's unlike anything else out there. Yeah. So, uh, and, and and so, what what did you feel like, Chuck, when 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 she uh, when she asked you for the money? What did you feel like? This truly is the goose that laid the golden egg. Yeah. So he felt like the okay. goose that laid the golden egg for her. So I, I, I feel bad for him, and I'd really like to start getting justice for him tonight. So, if you'd like, the best I can do is take your information and then forward it on. Um, to somebody, like I said, I there's nothing I can do on my end. I'm in reservations. Is there I anybody can, I can speak to at the nightclub? Um, I mean, I mean, I'd, I'd even be willing to have. I'd even be willing to have the in the background as I'm I'm talking about it. Just so, as long as I can get a start tonight. I apologize. They don't take calls. Once they're in the nightclub, they don't take calls. So I wouldn't be able to connect you there anyway. Could I try to call, hang up um, and call back? call back in the morning and then we'd be able to assist you. I mean, I'm even willing to take down your information forward onto the appropriate people but at this point you're calling at 9 o'clock at night. Okay, I'll, I'll try know, to call back nine. later. Uh, thank you. Let's, let's, I'm just going to call back the number and ask two questions. Uh, first of all, whose voice that is on the hold music? And second, uh, I want to be transferred to the nightclub. I don't believe her. Thank you for the poem. This is when I'm trying to recall. I had a kind of knowledge of Fabisham here. Um, I have a, a rather unique question for you. Um, I was on hold for quite some time where they were looking into a, um, an incident that occurred at the uh, casino, but that's not important to, uh, to this phone call. Um, I was very enamored with a lady that um, was speaking during the hold time here, and I, I wish to know some more information about her. Do you, do you know anything about the woman who did the hold music? And if so, uh, how can I find this out? No, I do not have any information, but if you'd like to call back tomorrow and speak with the executive offices, they'll be more than happy to assist you with so, that. So with the executive offices, would they be able to tell me who this woman is and perhaps give me an 8x10 glossy of her or something? Yeah, I just... so if you'd like to speak with them tomorrow, they'll be giving you all the information. What I'd actually like to do, if, if you don't mind, is what I'd like is to have someone get me a photograph of her, and then um, I could call up and have them put me on hold for some sort of bollocks reason, just just to take a long time. Yep. And, and Tomorrow, hear her, I, could hear, I could hear perfect. her voice, and then I could look at the picture as I hear her voice, and um, you know, it's it, it's kind of a, a cheaper version of calling the one nine hundred phone number. Oh, he hung up on me. <laughs> okay, all right. So every, everything has to be done during the day. I should run the show at like two o'clock in the afternoon. I think we get more done. Let me try, I'll try one more time here. We're going to find out uh, if I can get it connected to the uh, Moon Nightclub. Yeah, watch. They'll put you right through. Yeah. Success and the new record. Oh, here she is. 
10 of the SoundScan Billboard 200 upon its September release, the band's highest ever chart debut. Tickets are available at the Pearl Box. Your call will be transported to security. One moment. <laughs> what? The hell? What the hell? Oh, security ran into you. How much is you? I had a kind of Nigel Faberge. This is this is rather this. I don't know what to say about this. I called up with a, a legitimate question uh, about about the phone hold music or, or hold uh, whatever you want to call it. Um, and, and I called. I got disconnected somehow. I called back, and it, a gentleman answered the telephone and said, "Off you go to security." And he sent me here. He said, "Security, off you go," and sent me. And I I I, I don't want to talk to security at all. But uh, the, that's where they put me. Now, uh, do you have any idea about this? Nope. What are you calling in regards to? I was actually trying to find out about the woman who does the hold music, what her name is, and where I could find some information about her. Just because I'm curious, after I got to hear her saying so many uh, suggestive things to me, and I know I know it wasn't to me personally, but it, but it actually, um, it, you know, I heard this for about half an hour. I was on hold one time, and I said, I want to know about this woman. I, I, I heard her angelic voice, and I, you know, I know she's across the pond from me, but it's I, I still want to know who she is. And, and the, 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 okay. the, the, the we don't have anybody that sings a hold music. No, no, not no sings. music. No, no, no. Usually telling you about. Well, that's what I'm referring to. Things not, on property. No, 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 not music. I mean, she, she she says it to music. Her voice is music to my ears, and that's what I meant. But she was an incredibly intriguing, and um, I, I was I just wanted to know who she was. And the gentleman who answered the phone, who who you know, pardon, uh, I, I don't mean to make um, you know, comments here that are not politically correct, but I, I think um, he, he perhaps uh, bats for the other side, if you know what I'm saying. I, I don't think that he um, could appreciate a fine female voice the way I can. And uh, so she was so captivating, and I just wanted to find out information about her, and he said, your call's going to be transferred There's no to... way you're going to be able to find any information about her, sir. Are you sure about that? He told me at first, if Positive. I spoke to the executive offices, that it, perhaps they can make an introduction, but then he sent it to security. So I just want to know, why was I sent to security? Sir, there's no, no information you're going to be able to retrieve about uh, the young lady who speaks to you on the call. All right. Well, old. All right. Um, um, tally hope, pip, pip, and um, thank you for the information. <laughs> so, uh, they must have some uh, caller ID. Uh over there that, that comes up. I don't know what it comes up as because I'm making the call on Skype. But they must have something there that uh, made them realize it was the same guy calling. <laughs> so, right to security. Should try and get to um, try and get to Moon and see if they put you right through. Well, yeah. Someone posted the phone number to Moon. Yeah, and, what if you want to get like a um, you know, like a booth for tonight or something. Yeah, well, you know? so this is a uh, this is Snake in the Ass, not Snake in the Grass. Snake in the Ass, who's better than Snake in the Grass, uh, gave me this phone number. And I have a feeling, because Skype sometimes comes up like with a weird-ass caller ID, like 123456, I have a feeling like they don't get many calls like that from Skype to, at the Palms. It's probably the same gay dude who answered the phone. No offense, P-L-O-L or one step. Uh, I have a feeling that guy... Notice the same weird caller ID and figured it has to be the same crazy phone call. Right. But uh, that's that's my guess. Let me let me uh, call the Moon Nightclub directly now. See if she's telling the truth. They don't answer their phone. Thank you for calling the Nine Group. This is Puddle. May I help you? Ah uh, yes. Hello. This is uh, Alvin Finkelstein. I'm looking to reach the Moon Nightclub. This is Moon. How may I help you, sir? 
All right. Uh, you said it's the nine group, but I'll I'll take your word for it that it also can uh, double as the moon. Um, this is uh, Alvin Finkelstein. I represent my client Chuck Hamilton. Uh, he had an unfortunate incident at the Moon Nightclub, where a uh, a woman that he uh, was was showing a lot of interest in him uh, after some time then requested $1,000 to continue uh, spending time with this gentleman. And uh, he felt that uh, the moon should have made more effort to keep uh, ladies of the evening, so to speak, out of the nightclub after they'd already been warned about this in 2010. Um, uh, I'm wondering who I could speak to regarding this. I know there are arrests that are imminent uh, through Las Vegas Police Department uh, regarding these incidents. Uh, my, my client feels that uh, he was emotionally damaged by by the fact that a very attractive young woman showed interest in him only to end up being a prostitute when he had thought that uh, that this problem had been taken care of. So, um, uh, what, what do you, what do you uh, would you be able to give well, me some information? Let me information go ahead about? and uh, see where I can go ahead and transfer you over. One moment, please. All right. Savory cuisine by executive chef Gino. It took a lot of strength not to use those sound bites. Items I really wanted to use a sound bite, but I, I just felt like it's going to hinder the call. And mouth watering yeah, This is what I mean. I mean, how, how can they blame Colonel Fabersham for this? I just don't understand that. It's a travesty. How can they not get more calls like this, wanting to know who this is? Yeah, watch security come on. <laughs> I think this girl does the voiceover for every casino, too. I don't know. I've never heard a voice like this when I, when I call the Bellagio. Two very different careers and philosophies sharing one stage for one night. Or I think I think I, think I know where I've heard that voice. Maybe on that Las Vegas channel, where it's just all Vegas, and they review everything. Theater inside Palms Casino. It's always on at my hotel. I'll tell you, if I had uh, a casino, I probably would hire her to do the voice. And muse on the place of food in our Except I'd, I'd have, like, and global life. little it's things coming on in between these advertisements saying, if you'd like to see the girl who's doing this voice, go to http www.toddscasino.com slash whatever. And, like, then we put a, uh, a phony picture like they used to do on the phone sex lines. Seriously, Sirius thinks they're listening to us while on hold. That really would be like the uh, the bigger joke on me. It's possible, but doubtful. Yeah, usually when they just hold, hit the, they just hit the button. Oh, no. Yeah, um, actually, my girlfriend uh, verified something. Hello. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Oh, hello. Okay. Apologize for the wait. Everybody is out of the office. Um, if you like to return the call tomorrow at nine in the morning, um, we can definitely get you in contact with someone. Okay, because um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I guess I could call back at nine in the morning, but I actually, I, I put our uh, my client on the phone here, uh, Chuck Hamilton, and he, he was saying that this woman, she really came off as someone who was not okay. a prostitute. Well, you, is that you true, like Chuck? To call back tomorrow. So um, there's realistic. nothing that I would be able to help you with, sir. I'm sorry. Uh, it's unlike anything else out there. Uh, Chuck, please, please. Um, okay, uh, thank you for the uh, for the information here. Thank you. All right, so. Uh, I guess we've stressed this as much as we could. Unfortunately, it's one of these things that would be better during the day. And uh, maybe one day we'll pre-record phone calls. Maybe, maybe one day. But uh, there really is going to be... Uh, there really will be several arrests. They are imminent. There will be arrests for prostitution, arrests for drug use, arrests for uh, drug solicitation, and finally there will be arrests for making prank calls to the Palms about this, this and uh, other things. So all those arrests are imminent. 
in the uh, coming days. We will keep you updated on that. Let's see if we have anything else here tonight. I think uh looked like a big agenda, but we kind of just uh, blew through it quickly. Is there something, anything else uh, you would like to talk about here, China Maniac? Eh. Eh. The only thing I want to mention is, um, you know, people that, if people had money on Gutshot or, or, I always see these weird random sites popping up where that are going down and people are complaining they had money on them. Um, I, I just want to send a message out there. Just stay with the most reputable sites that pay. And, um, you know, stay with uh, the bigger skins on networks if you play poker and you'll have a less chance of getting uh, robbed. Yeah, I fully agree sites. with that. Fully, fully agree. And uh, yeah, the, the bigger, more well-known the site is, uh, the less likely, likely it is to cheat you. Not not completely unlikely, because uh, you saw what happened with Full Tilt, you saw what happened with UB. But in general, there, there are so many small sites that went down and cheated people that you don't hear about much because they were smaller scandals. You hear about Full Tilt all the time. Uh, but, right. Uh, anyway, uh, definitely stay on those. And uh, I, I guess we're about out of topics. I'll take a river phone call if anybody wants to call in. 775-FRAUD-55, 775-372-8355, or 702-430-1808. 702-430-1808. Otherwise... Uh, we will shut this thing down after about uh, two and a half hours, which uh, still isn't a short show, but I guess by our well, standards it is. I had one other topic maybe yes. you wanted to get into. Um, what about that site that licenses poker stars? Don't they license um, Everleaf and they continue to give them a license even though they're stoning all their players for about a year now? Yeah, you're referring to... Uh, what's what's the name of that? Let me go over there and take a look. Uh you're referring to LGA. Right. And I don't know if... I, I didn't know that they provide the license of PokerStars, but uh, I know that they are... Uh, that they've been ignoring everybody, pretty much. This LGA is a joke. Just like all these regulatory bodies. All they really do is collect money and claim they're regulating it, but really do nothing and don't really act on complaints. Or if they, or if they do act, they, they pretend to act, but don't really do anything. They pretend to look into it and come back with nothing. Um, here's a, a message that was posted on Poker Fraud Alert by 3up3down who's been a member of this general community for many years he was on previous sites that I was part of and now he's on Poker Fraud Alert he only has 27 posts here but uh, a lot of people know of him uh, he's actually a winning poker player yeah. and uh, and moved to Canada a lot for the reason of just cashing out of minted poker when they pulled out of the U.S. and claimed that they could not pay anyone in the U.S., but that they could pay you if you moved to Canada. So he's like, okay, well, I have a lot of money here. I'm going to move to Canada. And uh, they gave him a small payment at first and then gave him nothing. So he said he had uh, near $100,000 uh, uh, on minted poker, and he's gotten very little of it, and now they haven't paid him uh, in seven months. And they're not paying anybody in the last seven months. So I, I really think that, uh, unfortunately, anybody who has money there is screwed. And it's too bad. Because at, at some point, it was actually looking a little bit better that uh, they were going to be able to pay people and they'd get it all straight. And they actually were paying people for a while. And we actually have a user here named Sinner who claimed in March of 2012 that uh, after being in a similar situation to 3up3down, three three that he actually got uh, his cash out for most of his bankroll. 
But uh, so there were some people who have happy ending stories like Sinner, but in the last seven months, nothing. And uh, people like Three Up, Three Down are really out of luck, I think. And uh, uh, basically what happened there was uh, uh, Andrew Robel, of all people, posted an article saying that uh, that they don't have... Everleaf Gaming, who uh, yeah, is minted as well, uh, that they don't have uh, players' money se- segregated. That the money was never right. segregated and that they, they're just broke. They don't have it. Um, it's just crazy that this... LGA or whatever it is continues to give them a license. Yeah, it is because they, and they probably... ignore and they ignore everything. My buddy said that he's flooded all those emails that are listed in that link and hasn't gotten one response from one person. Yeah, you know the 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 address of Everleaf Gaming I think is already disturbing enough. It's Everleaf Gaming Limited, Valley View Apartments, Commercial Outlet Number Five. <laughs> wow. Sir Joseph Carbone Street, Saint Julian's Malta. So. It's in the Valley View Apartments in St. Julian's, Malta. Like, it's not even just, it's not even in a house. It's in a freaking apartment, commercial outlet number five. What the hell does that even mean? Probably means, like, apartment number five. Like, so some dude in a small apartment is running this thing. I, I, it's crazy. But anyway, they were, uh, uh, yeah, so they were uh, starting to delay cash outs in November 2011. Uh, then they actually capped the winnings of how much you could win uh, of, of 750 euros per week. Uh, then they actually banned U.S. and France players on February tenth, yeah, two thousand twelve. Even if you moved, they wouldn't let you play. Yeah, and then uh, and th- then they uh, they were taking over months of cash out around then. This is in uh, in March, and then they said to contact the LGA in Malta if you have a problem with this. And uh, and then the guy who was representing minted on two plus two disappeared. That was in March, but in the last seven months, uh, even though they did pay some people. In between there, uh, for a little bit of time, uh, then people like three up, three down got screwed. Right. So, so that's uh, it's a bad situation there, and I, I hate to say it to the people who, who lost out because of that, but you're probably not going to get your money, especially when when a site has a problem for over seven months. Um, you don't get your money in seven months past, and they're paying nobody. You're 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 in trouble. You, you're having right. you, you're you're probably not ever going to see the money. You you like to you like to look at it optimistically. If you've got money in the site, oh, they're reorganizing. Oh, they just had payment processor problems. Blah blah blah. You end up not getting paid after that t- that yeah. amount of time. Especially when there's no communication for that long. Yeah, yeah. When they hide from people, that's another problem. And uh, um, if you look at the history of sites that just uh, stop communicating, that don't pay people. Uh, give you a lot of when they do communicate, give you a lot of general statements that mean nothing. I mean, even look what Phil Tilt, Full Tilt did after Black Friday. Oh, your money's right. safe. They wouldn't answer any real questions. Well, it turned out your money wasn't safe. It was gone. Right. So, well, at least the one. At least there was some communication through, um, you know, people leaking things that there were some type of negotiations going on, and you know, at least there was something there. There's absolutely nothing with this Everleaf thing. Yeah. Well. Yeah. And they did. The funny thing is, they actually paid some people in the interim. Around uh, like March, April, but then then it looked pretty bad, and uh, it looks really bad today. So I don't think I don't think you're getting your money. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry, three up, three down, and everybody else. And uh, I feel for you, and I, I would just be so pissed if this happened to me. I mean, I'm still pissed that I I, I lost forty seven hundred dollars on uh, Bet Cascade, a sports book, about five years ago, when All they right. went down. And I'm still I still think about that and go, crap, they have forty seven hundred bucks of my money. It pissed right. me off, and I nothing I can do about it. 
So if you have a hundred thousand, I mean, it'd just be a killer. So I, I really feel for you people that went through that. And uh, you know, I, yeah. I, One other thing with that relief, I think they raked the shit out of their games too. Like it was double whatever you'd pay on the average network. Yeah, pretty crazy, you know. And then for a site like that not to have money, it's just amazing. Yeah, uh, there's there's no limit to how these sites can waste money. They overmarket. Right. Uh, they they overspend. They overspend. You know, the owners take money out of the company and overspend it. That's whatever. usually the problem. Yeah, or they they think that cash outs won't be uh, as frequent as they are, or, or word of problems starts getting out, and then everybody wants to cash out, and they don't have the money. Everything collapses. Like they they just they're so short sighted. People who run these sites, and uh, that's why they can turn a gold mine into uh, a bankrupt mess. So, and that, that's a, that happens a lot of times um, with these small skins. Is yeah, they they don't they don't realize how hard it is for, to process the payouts, and you know if anything ever gets frozen, and they don't take that into consideration, and that can you know those can be significant losses right there. A lot of times, the way these skins and these smaller sites operate, they operate almost like a player who every time he has a winning session spends the money and figures, right. well, I won yesterday. I won the day before, I won the day before that. So I'm sure I'll just keep winning every day, and therefore I can spend every every dime I've won and just keep my original bankroll. Well, then, then the losing streak hits, and they're broken. They're like, crap, well, I had such bad luck. I, I suddenly had losing days when before I was winning. Well, that's that's what a lot of these sites do. Is they, they take out the maximum when, they're doing, when things are going well. They have no contingency plan for when things go sour. And uh, these are not always run by astute businessmen. They're usually run by by guys who just are pretty much degenerates and and see starting a poker site as free money. So, uh, right. so China Man, you, you have anything else? Would you like to plug your uh, your show? Um, yeah, Zone the Zone Blitz. It usually airs on Monday afternoons, usually around six p.m. Sometimes four or five. Um, I put a thread usually in the forums, basically. Um, you know, I just go over the football games from the week before, give out picks, and, um, you know, just give my thought process on the games, give some fantasy advice, and, um, you know, we have a free roll on black chip poker every week as well. So, yeah, you can check that out at um, VegasPokerRadio.com, and, yeah, that's all I got. Yeah, and this show actually uh, broadcasts on VegasPokerRadio.com. I'm not sure if it broadcasts live, but it did at one point. Metrip still does, and uh, you can definitely find the archives there. And uh, something else that uh, I want to ask you, since uh, your show is about sports, sure. Uh, and, and you know, given that I've been a lifelong uh, Los Angeles sports fan, living most of my life there, uh, what do you think about the situation with the Lakers? It just looks like an absolute mess right now. I mean, it looked like they were starting to pull it together a little bit. Um, I think what did they they got back close to 500 the last I saw maybe a little after Nash got back but all the games were still very close they weren't blowing anybody out and um, now what is Gasol out and Howard's out as well is that yeah what's well going no, Howard on? came back uh, Gasol is still out I, I didn't look who's playing tonight but I assume that's still the case uh, Howard is still semi injured in fact the whole season he hasn't quite been himself uh, right. you know and uh, I just feel that even with all of their players at full health, even if you could say no player on the entire team has a health problem and they're all back as expected, right. I just don't think that this team 
is a championship team or anywhere near it. I, I, they're, they were 16-21 and 21 coming into today. They got to 15-15, and 15, then they lost six straight. Uh, now they're back home. They played a crappy team in Cleveland and easily won that, and then they're playing a mediocre team in Milwaukee and are, are going to win that tonight. They're up by, like, 20. But um, the Lakers have been good at beating terrible teams, and they've been good at beating mediocre teams when they're at home. They've been terrible on the road in general and terrible against good teams, whether they're at home or on the road. They just, they're just just getting crushed by the good teams, the San Antonios, the uh, the Clippers, the, uh, the, the Oklahoma beat them twice. Uh, they just can't beat those teams. And uh, I, I think that some of the problems they have are, uh, number, number one, their age, of course, that uh, they have a lot of older players on the team, Nash being almost 39, Kobe being 34, uh, Gasol being like 32, uh, Meta World Peace being over 30. But, uh, you know, they they just, number one, the bench is terrible. Can't right. play defense at all. They have one of the worst benches in the NBA. And terrible, terrible defense on that bench. And then even the starters, the defense is not particularly good. Uh, Meta World Peace plays good defense. Howard plays pretty good defense. But everybody else, uh, Kobe's defense has gone in the toilet. Uh you know, he's having a great offensive season, but defensively he's he's lost a lot. Uh, Gasol's just lost in the current system. He's you know, he's right. taking outside shots and just doesn't fit in at all. And yeah, that was another thing I saw um when D'Antoni first came in, uh, just from reading the box scores from the first three or four games, like with that style, I mean Ron Artest was shooting like like eight three pointers a game for a little while there. Um and he was actually making some of them and he's not a terrible shooter, but I don't know, it just seems like there's too many, um, too many chiefs and not enough Indians, and um, it just seems like they're going to have chemistry problems. And you know they're an older team, and you know teams that don't win on the road usually don't go far in the playoffs. I mean, they might be able to pull something off with just the type of talent that they have, but it just doesn't look too good right now. I mean, I wouldn't even be shocked if they didn't make the playoffs. So. Oh yeah, yeah, it's it's actually looking bad to, for them to make the playoffs because the West you always need a good record. For the last right. uh, quite some time, uh, several years, you have to have a very good record. You can't finish 500 and make the playoffs in the West, and uh, and they're just not getting that done. And uh, so even if they climb back to 500 and finish uh, 41 or 41, that's not going to be enough. Uh, now, right now, it is true that the eighth spot is only 20 and 18 in the West, but I, I expect that to get better. I think an exact 500 record won't be enough, and. Um, uh, even if they do, even if they squeak into the seventh or eighth spot, uh, how are they going to beat Oklahoma? Are they going to beat the Clippers or San Antonio or even Memphis? I mean, these uh, it seems like the only good team they've they've been able to beat is Golden State. Uh, but uh, this team, when when they put it together, and everybody was very excited about having all these stars together, I thought the one thing that was really bothered, two things bothered me. One was the bench sucked, and they didn't improve that. They got new players, but they they also were no good. But I also thought they are not addressing their biggest deficiency, and that is they cannot handle small, quick guards like ones right. uh, um, you know, like like Westbrook. They they just right. those, those players just destroy them. And if and the Lakers have had this problem for at least twenty years uh, right. with not being able to handle the small, quick guards. But it's especially bad this year. They can't handle those teams. Those players kill them, and the changes they made this year did not address that. And I felt they're going to face Oklahoma and just get crushed again, even if they they did a lot better in the regular season with the, than what they're doing. But what, what nobody expected is for the defense to have been this bad, and they've given up 102 points a game, the Lakers, 
So, uh, you know, anybody who is was expecting this epic showdown of Miami and L.A. in the finals, it is highly, highly unlikely at this point. I'm not saying anything that people already don't know, but uh, it seems like the Lakers beat the bad teams with relative ease, but then any time they play a good opponent, they they can't and they can't win, and that's a that's a very bad thing to have. And uh, they're five and twelve on the road right now, so uh, that's that's bad news for them. And uh, looking like we'll probably see a Miami Oklahoma City showdown again in the in the finals. That's my opinion. Well, maybe, but maybe, maybe the one thing is, if they do squeak in, I mean, at least you'll get Oklahoma City off the bat, and if, <laughs> you know they can take. You know, if the, uh, you'd rather see them play them, just. Get either get it over with, or um, you know, take the best team right out, right off the bat. Yeah, and I don't think a coaching change is going to solve this either. They just, and they, you know, there's talks about maybe trading Nash. I, I don't know what the solution is at this point, but they really have to change the look of this team if if they sure. want to have any chance. And and the scary thing, if, if you're a Lakers fan, is to think about when Kobe leaves. He claims he's done a year from now, basically at the, at the end of the uh, 2013-2014 season. He's done. What's the team going to look like then with no Kobe? Why not trade him now? Trade trade uh, trade Kobe. Trade Kobe. Oh, trade I, Kobe. Well, I, just... I don't think he'd want that. I think he wants to finish his career in L.A. Well, if he, I don't know if he does. He have any power over whether they can trade him or not? I'm sure he does. I haven't looked at his contract, but I'm sure he does. But uh, yeah, I mean that that would be the most logical thing: trade Kobe and get as much as you can for him, and then just rebuild. Trade Nash. Just keep Howard and just um, just rebuild completely. You know, it just doesn't look like what they put together is gonna gonna work at all. This is yeah. this is what's in our chat room right now. Druff, talk about the time you gave Minute Bowl a hand job. I, I actually met Minute Bowl twice in like a four day span. It's <laughs> kind of weird. Um, I was at Mohegan Sun playing blackjack, and um, he was in the buffet line, which is in the middle of the casino, and uh, we got comps for buffets. Went in there, shook his hand, and then like four days later, I was actually um, running this kitchen that I owned, and um, I walked into work, and I mean, this kitchen that I ran was in the in the sticks, like 40 minutes outside of Boston, and I walk into this place, and Manute Bowles in there, standing next to a Christmas tree. He was actually oh. taller than it. And, wow. Uh, it's just like one of the weirdest things. I'm like, what the fuck is Manute Bowles doing here? You know, I just saw this guy like three days ago at Mohegan Sun, which is like two hours away. And like I said, this place was just in the middle of the sticks. But um, yeah, I met him there, and um, yeah, it was just one of the weirdest four days. You know, it was weird for like a weird coincidental thing for me involving tall people, not basketball players. At least I don't think they were. I was at a buffet. I think I forgot what city it was in. I don't go to many buffets either. I don't like buffets typically. But I was at a buffet. And I see this really, really tall girl uh, getting food. Young. Probably, you know, at the time I was in my 20s. This girl was in her 20s too. Pretty. But she must have been like 6 foot 5. Right. Really, really unusually tall for a girl. It's very unusual that I ever meet a girl who's taller than me. Especially, like, naturally taller. Like, sometimes they wear, like, they have girls who are, like, 5'11 and wearing 5-inch heels are taller than me. But uh, usually I see very few girls who are taller than me uh, that aren't taller thanks to heels. This girl was. This girl was like 6'5". I thought, wow, that's weird. I've, I haven't seen that. And then usually when you see girls who are that tall, usually they have some kind of kind of strange look to them. But this girl was actually hot and was 6'5". Around there. So, just as I think that's weird, I see about five minutes later, another girl 
who is around six foot five, that's also around my age, that also was hot. So I'm thinking, okay, these have got to be like two female basketball players together or something, or maybe two sisters. No, they, they go to completely opposite sides of the place and they eat with completely different families. And they were both like six five. Yes, and they were both hot, and they were both like around my age, in my twenties at the time. I, I, I couldn't imagine it. It was the strangest thing. I guess it's possible you know, they, they had some kind of relation with just eight completely separate sides of the place. But they, other, they didn't talk to each other. They, they, they were different families. From, from what I could see, they had nothing to do with each other. And, and that's the only time in my life in the last, uh, I'd say, you know, at least 20 years that I've seen any girl of that height. Yeah. I mean, I that's very tall. Place. It was really weird. I, I still don't know what to say about that. Yeah, that's probably like a girl 6'5 is probably comparable to what, a guy that's like 7 feet? You just don't run into him too often. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's it's really weird. Like, I occasionally will see a girl who's like my height, like 6'2", but it's still very right. uncommon. Uh, you know, I actually played with a girl who was 6'2", at the tournament where I spun the seat cover, the seat cover, the seat cover. Right. Uh, the, my very first World Series event. I sat to, next to a very nice girl. Um, I think she was of like Indian descent or something. Uh, but she, she stood up and she was taller than me. And right. I saw that she was taller than me because she was actually wearing these uh, like flip-flops that had like a big heel to them that made her like two or three inches taller. So I thought that's kind of a weird thing to be wearing if you're already like naturally like six foot two. She was, so she was probably about the same height as me naturally, and she's wearing shoes that make her look even bigger. Uh, right. And uh, it was also just like a big girl in general. Like she was also overweight and whatever, but very nice. And um, she was very nitty, I remember. And uh, I remember, you know, me and her were talking, and I mentioned this was my first World Series event ever. And she said, "I'm sure you'll do very well." Uh, and, and so, I remember I got down to 1,500 in chips, and the blinds were 300, 600. Or, wow. we're, or we're playing 300, 600. The blinds were the blinds were 153. Or no, maybe they were 300, 600. Yeah, I guess they were 300, 600. So, so, so it folded to me. And uh, and she, I was in the button. She was in the small blind, and I raised to twelve hundred. And she three bet me. And so I said, "Shit, I, I'm dead." Because I had Ace Four offsuit. I knew I was drawn to three outs no matter what. Because she was so nitty, I knew there's no chance Ace Four is anything but a three outer against her. And sure enough, she turned over Ace Jack, and I sucked out on her to make a chop out of it, with like a board being double pair, like you know, like like five five six six or something, on the wow. river. So from there. I won like four hands in a row, came back to a decent stack, and finished third in the event and spun a seat cover. Seat cover. That was amazing. That was because of the – was that the hand versus Peter Costa? That was – yeah, that was one of them, yes. That was all, all that, all thanks to, to uh, being down to almost nothing and and chopping that hand, luckily, on the river against her. I never saw her again. And uh, she told me she was a limit player. She told me she played on party poker. Never saw her again. But uh, I remember thinking it was weird. The reason I made me think of her was like, this was a girl who was just very big, like six foot two, very big. Like, why would you ever wear shoes that make you look even bigger? That was my thought. But other than that, very very nice girl though. Like I, I her personality wise, very sweet. Yeah, I, I had a similar hand to that. Uh, the first uh, the first event I think that I played that I went deep in, where I finished like eleventh uh, or twelfth or something like that. It was some poker stars pro from like. I don't know where he was from, France or something like that. And um, what did he do? I think he flopped the flush, and I flopped top two. And we got in a bunch of bets pre-flop on the flop, and uh, I just didn't put him on the flush. And then 
I went a little too far on the turn, and then I think we got it all in, and I would have been eliminated. And I sucked out on him with like hitting a, an ace on the river to fill me up, and um, he he still had like five blinds left or something like that. And he got so mad, he banged the table, whipped his cards in the air, and um, they went like flying over the rope into like uh, wherever. And the tournament director saw it and uh, slapped the guy with a penalty, and he actually wound up blinding out of the tournament because he was on a penalty. And I think he he probably he was close to like cashing too, but um, yeah, just a crazy outburst. And I got you know you, you, you gotta usually hit one of those to get really lucky and go deep in those tournaments yeah. too. But by, by the way, I just got a uh, a message in the chat room here. Now, I I mean I didn't get the message; it was posted in public. Limitless is asking why am I not banned from chat? This is, this is someone who's been asking for months why he was banned from chat. And he wasn't. It turned out it was a technical error with the site that was uh, leaving him banned when he shouldn't have been. And when I fixed that error, and now he's here, he's asking why he's not banned. See, you can't not make anyone happy. You you try to make everyone happy, and they can't be. But uh, anyway, I just we're making small talk at the end of the show here, in case you're wondering why we're having these uh, little uh, trips down memory lane, because it's the end of the show, and it's only been uh, less, less than three hours. So I figured we'd... Uh, Run a little bit filler so people don't complain the show is too damn short. But I think we've done enough of that, so. Sure. That's our end music. I'd like to thank the people who donated to this week's free roll to make it a $150 free roll. I mean, this is we've given away more money on this site than I believe any poker podcast has done in the year 2012. And, uh... Yeah, beginning 2013. I think in the time we've been on the air since May 2012, I don't think anyone has given away the type of money we have here. And uh, all coming from our users. And that's what shows what type of community we have here, that the listeners not only like the show, but they like the community that it's part of. And I like to see that. And uh, even though this site does not make any money, I'm glad that our members do playing our free roll for real money every week. Uh, as you've seen, the last two shows have been on Tuesday. We will be back on Tuesday next week. Tuesday, January 22nd, 7 p.m. is the scheduled show. If that does change for any reason, check my Twitter, Todd Wittellis, or check PokerFraudAlert.com. If something has changed, it will be near the top of the screen in light blue telling you the new radio schedule for that particular week. I'd like to thank my co-host, China Maniac, for joining us in a substitute role for the missing, and when I say missing, I really mean missing, Brandon Drexel Gerson, who hopefully will be back soon. And, uh, like he's to on a safari. He's on a safari. And Zimbabwe. Zimbabwe safari. And Listen to his show, uh, The Zone Blitz, on uh, VegasPokerRadio.com. Definitely check that out. And we'll see uh, who we have next week. If uh, you know, if Brandon doesn't come back, uh, China Maniacs, welcome to come back. Jason's welcome to come back. Whoever would like to volunteer that I think would be a good fit for the show, then uh, be glad to have uh, any of our previous substitution co-hosts back. Thank you to all the listeners here for sticking with the show and for being here and the regulars that show up every week, the people who are just lurkers that show up occasionally, whatever. Happy to have all of you here. We will have the show in the archives pretty soon. And no technical fail tonight. I'm very proud of that, too. That's all for tonight, and... Shalom. Peace.